Young bowler like yourself, the tour can be very difficult, very expensive. Tank rain tap. You can come in, sweets. I got a long drive. Do me a favor, will you? Do you mind washing off that perfume before you come back to our table? A little bad luck. If you had it today, all your dreams can go up in smoke. That's why even we veteran bowlers, we work our way, tournament to tournament. We need a supplemental income. Hmm. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. That's what it means. Hmm. You interested? Interested? Interested. Uh, will you be interested in some extra income? No, extra income. Want to make more money? Mm. Okay. Why don't you go eat that outside and then come on back in? Hi. Hello. Not you. Hi. and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 and this is the month of January in the year of our Lord 2008. Live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. Draw near and listen that ye might be amused. It is uh, 503-733-2970. Little kingpin there to start off the uh, start off the show. Because today's bowling night. I love that movie, too. God, that movie's so vulgar and hilarious. Who was it that I was saying was was Bill Murray in Kingpin? Somebody somebody was doing something just the other day, and they, for all the world, reminded me of that scene in Kingpin where he wins, and then he's, like, holding the ball aloft, and his toupee is falling back off of his head. Man, Bill Murray is fantastic in that film. Bill Murray has really had, he's created a whole secondary and tertiary set of careers for himself. The secondary careers being where he plays the odd sort of dramatic role, like the, uh, you know, like the Lost in Translation or the, uh, like the Razor's Edge. And then he's got that stuff where he plays small supporting comedic roles, like in Kingpin or <coughs> Ed Wood. <coughs> Sarah, were you a fan of Bill Murray's performance in Ed Wood? I was a bigger fan of his performance in uh, Kingpin. But in Ed Wood, when you watched it. As you most assuredly did. Did you find it to be sublime? I didn't what was your favorite part of Ed Wood? Because I was only at home for like an hour and a half, and I didn't want to start it and then not be able to finish Someone it. Someone gave you a copy for for nothing. Just gave and I you won't a be copy. able to tonight because I'm bowling. Uh -huh. Oh, I understand. We've Maybe all, I can watch it right when I get home. all got problems. It's only about nine. But minutes But don't you long. feel like I'm being more respectful to Edward by not it's starting true. it when I don't know no, if that I'm is not true. sure if I can finish it? And that way you're not in. And that way you're not doing that finger. You put it on and then you're walking in and out of the room and doing laundry and answering the phone and whatever while it plays in the background. No, I can appreciate that. I really do. It's fine film. Kingpin is really the. Here's the great thing about Kingpin too, and I'm not like the biggest Fairley Brothers fan, but Kingpin is really good. Especially because they make no attempt to, to make Woody Harrelson's prosthetic look real. Like where he's just got the hook or whatever. Like Buster Blue. Yeah, I, I was just thinking that. I was just thinking that it's exactly the same thing. Like an Arrested Development, when Buster loses his hand. And they don't even really attempt to hide it well. They just pixelate where he's hiding his hand in his sleeve. 
I mean, that, that really one kind they've of already given it. up, though. Totally. I mean, that just, but I mean, that just sort of makes it work. Bye, whore. All right. Uh, anywho, hey, it's the uh, Rick Emerson Show. How are you today? It is uh, Tuesday, and welcome to day twelve. It is five zero three. 733-2970. You want to join us today with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, whining, complaining, bitching. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. If you have words or, of uh, you know praise or scorn for anybody and anything or whoever or whatever or whatnot. Uh, 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane. You can also email if you'd like. It's uh, rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. <coughs> or Richie with a T uh, at 970.am. Again, it's uh, 503-733-2970. Here's what is coming up today. Lisa, no, I'm sorry, it's not Lisa. It is Dick Uliano, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Dick Uliano joining us uh, from the Hill today as we prepare for the Michigan primary, which may or may not even matter, and I can't really figure out. It's only for Republicans. So it matters for Republicans, but yeah. not really for Democrats. Correct. Because it's only... And this is the one that Romney claims he's going to win. Uh -huh. Well, I mean, it, it is. he was born there, so if he doesn't win this, he ought to just... Uh, I mean, his dad was a big shot at General Motors. He ought to just, can you uh, sweeten my mic ever so slightly, sir? Thank you. Uh, you know, if he can't win this one, he ought to just pack it up. I mean, if Romney can't win in the state where he was born... Isn't that... Wasn't that Mondale... Uh, in 84, who got so badly creamed by Reagan, he didn't even carry his home state. Yeah. I don't even remember what his home state was. Where was Mondale from? I don't know. Is he still alive? Yes. Really? Yes. He'll live forever. Him and Geraldine Ferraro? Geraldine Ferraro. They're, they're just more people who don't matter. <laughs> no, it's really true. You want to talk about just a... That's back when the Democrats... I mean, not that this has changed. Lander than that. <laughs> well, that's what Mike Huckabee kind of reminds me of. Mike Huckabee sort of reminds me of Walter Mondale, and what a sad thing that is to say. Wasn't Walter Mondale the postmaster general? Wasn't that his job before he ran for president? I suppose it's possible. <laughs> and then Geraldine Ferraro, I think her only gig was that she was just like a Sally Jesse Raphael impersonator. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you put big red glasses on her, that's who she'd be. Can't believe I'm talking about Walter Mondale and Geraldine, Geraldine Ferraro. Their own families don't talk about them this much. Well, in any event, um, but I think in Michigan tonight, I think on the Democratic side, I think honestly, I'm not saying this for purposes of comedic. I think you're, I think the only choices are Hillary or none of the above. I think that's it. So you either, so I guess you you have your choice of voting for a Brewster or for Clinton. Anyway, <coughs> that's what I get for eating something right before the show. <clears throat> All right. Uh, anywho, it's 503-733-2970. Dick Uliano joining us today. James Roop uh, joining us from Las Vegas, where he is imprisoned in an OJ hell. Uh, Steve Kastamov joining us from New York City today. Snuff Watch, uh, Darwin Watch coming up today. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more to Richie Bristol, who may or may not be going on the Jerry Springer program, and uh, so forth. Uh, Tim Riley is working on the following stories today. I am. Uh... Well, it looks like uh, some more damn fools are stranded on Mount Hood and have to be rescued. Apparently, they found them after being trapped in a blizzard overnight. Black ice races havoc on area commuters. Hijacked Florida men have forced to buy beer at gunpoint for several hours. We'll speak with OJ's bail bondsman, and there are no Britney stories yet. Uh, well, but it is only it is only 11:10. I vote against helping anybody on Mount Hood today. I'm going to vote against that. I realize that I. 
I'm not really the kingmaker in this regard, but I uh, I vote strongly no. All right. Are these are they indeed damn fools? They're all damn fools. Every every one of them. Uh, all right. So there you go. Uh, yeah, so plus Snuff Watch, Darwin Watch. I think we got a religious nutcase watch in there somewhere. We may or may not uh, get to any of that. We're joined today, as are we always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon. Hello, how are you? Hello! I'm doing well, except for I didn't sleep very well last night. And then I had crazy dreams. And in my dream, I felt I, I dreamt that I was in my bedroom and somebody was attacking me. And then I was trying to get my taser and I couldn't reach it. Oh, that's that's, see, that's that's like the radio dream. You're trying to reach the phone and you can't quite do it. It was really scary. I don't know. I dreamt that I was in my apartment, but of course it wasn't. And somebody, like, fo- like followed me in from my house as I was walking in and, like, chased me into my bedroom and I was trying to grab my table. Where was it your was... dog in this dream? Was he elsewhere? You know, Muppet, I think he was... Huh, well, Muppet was in my bed with me, but in the dream... But doing nothing. Wasn't... Yeah. It's like Max doing nothing at all to help you. But it was only because I woke up at 5 a.m., couldn't fall back asleep, and then I fell asleep from, uh, like, 8 to 8.30. And then my alarm went off, and I woke up, and I had this, like, terrible nightmare right between 8 and 8.30. Oh. I'm like, great. Uh... That's I couldn't not, even have a restful. The last like, last thing that. before you wake up. Just, ah! Yeah. Uh, it was really creepy. Um, but I went out with Kelsey last night. Kelsey. Oh, Kelsey. Model Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And how is Kelsey? Kelsey's doing well. Fantastic. We went to a strip club. Will she be... Okay. Why? I mean, I don't care. I've never been there. We went to... Uh, Which one? Union Jack. Oh, I thought you'd been there. That's the day of live music there. Yeah, and the, yeah, the jukebox was a uh, good selection. There's some really douchey guy who kept talking to us. At so. a strip club, really? I'm yeah, can you believe it? Well, it was of a course. Shocker. Be cool because was it just you and her? Yeah. Well, I know hello. we're sitting ducks. I know. If two girls go in together to a strip club, every guy, I mean, that is like you might as well be douse yourself in pheromones before you go in. I Seriously, know. how is it? How did you not see that? Well, whatever. Uh, well, well, we were left alone for a while until this, you know, the drunkest ass in the room comes up. Hey there. Hey, I got I a pole at my house. I from the dog fur. How are you? <laughs> oh, God. Sexy. Fantastic. <laughs> Is she going to be bowling tonight? Kelsey? Yes. I don't know. She might be coming. Uh, Aaron says, hey, by the way, Sarah, how can you bowl when you're watching the Cloverfield screening that I put what little, uh, that took, took what little pull I have to get you a seat for? I can't bail on my team the second one. All right. So, sorry about that, Aaron. I know. I'm sorry, Aaron. Uh, by the way, Aaron wants to remind me that it was he who was Bill Murray in Kingpin when he smoked me at Wii Tennis. Uh, we were playing the tennis on the Nintendo Wii, and he totally did the... Uh, he, managed, he, he managed to pull out a game somehow, and he, like, threw the remote down or whatever. Yeah! And, like, stomped around the living room, flexing and whatnot. All right. Well, uh, in any event. Okay. You know, I'm just disappointed that Aaron's leaving our team to go to the Cloverfield screening. Oh, that's right. So he's actually abandoning bowling to go. See, the thing about Cloverfield is, I mean, I'm excited for it and all, but I feel like it's the wrong... I feel like tonight at a screening is the wrong way to see that film because there's so much mystery and intrigue about it. And if you see it at a screening, it's always just a bunch of savages. You know what I mean? I mean, there's some critics there, but then there's just a, you know, a bunch of nitwits who you know, have won Z100 tickets to go see it totally. or something. And they're all... When I saw Kill Bill Volume 2, that's exactly what happened. just drunk and obnoxious. And I made the fatal mistake of going to see The Exorcist re-release at a radio station screening. And it's just you get about 14 minutes in and you, 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 the entire experience is ruined. Uh, oh, by the way, just a little bit of good news here, and then we'll uh, take some calls and do a little bit of business. You'll be happy to know that I, Rick Emerson, have been nominated for a Clarion Award. Who knows what a Clarion Award is? I have no idea. But that, is an award for, that is an award for excellence in the world of women in broadcasting. 
Irick Emerson, Irick Emerson, and apparently a stellar member of the Association for Women in Communication. Spell it R A R I C, maybe. No, or R I Q or something. No, no. Rick Emerson, R I C K E M E R S O N from the Association of Women in Communications. Congratulations. We've fallen into a thing lately. Playing a lot of audio from videos on the air, but. A, the audio for this is pretty funny. B, I'll do a little bit of a blow-by-blow, and C, we'll get it posted so y'all can watch it. It is pretty fantastic. Um, Let's see. I had something else, but I know we have to get to Dickie Liano here in just a second. I had some other observation to make. Wait, hold on. Something? No, I've got nothing. Uh, It's 503-733-2970. Let us now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill. CNN Radio correspondent Dick Uliano. Hello, Dick. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Rick. Hello from Washington, D.C. How are you, my friend? How's life? How are things? Big uh, primary day today or not? I guess it's only big if you're a Republican. Well, I think that's right. Uh, yeah, because uh, there pretty much is not a Democratic primary. I guess there's some ballot per se, but only Hillary Clinton's name is on the ballot in Michigan, and that's all because Michigan Democrats moved the whole thing ahead in the calendar and were punished by the National Party. They they tried the same thing in Florida, and then Florida backed off. So is it? I mean, I'm not trying to boil it down to an oversimplification here, but is it really just Hillary or like none of the above? I think her name is the only one that actually appears on the ballot, which you know, which then would raise the question: which Democrat would bother going to the polls, you know, to even bother? So I think, you know, in effect, there really isn't a Democratic primary. But on the other hand, it's a pretty big deal for certainly Mitt Romney, who lost in New Hampshire, and now this is his native state. He certainly wants to look good there, and McCain wants to add to his win from New Hampshire, and Huckabee wants to add to his victory in Iowa. Uh, In your uh, objective journalistic assessment, does Romney need to place like second or higher, or does he flat out have to smoke everybody else? Geez, Rick, you know, look, I look at it this way. The guy was the governor of Massachusetts, and he lost the New Hampshire primary. You know, when Dukakis was governor of Massachusetts, he won in New Hampshire. When uh, Paul Saugus was a Massachusetts senator, he he beat Bill Clinton in New Hampshire. You're kind of expected to win there, and he didn't. So going to his native state, where he was born, where his dad was the governor, you kind of think he's got to do pretty darn good. What a what a sad reflection on Mitt Romney uh, it is that we're negatively comparing him to to Michael Dukakis and Paul Stongas. <laughs> really? Really? When when you are being unfavorably compared to Michael Dukakis, <laughs> you have a problem. <laughs> something has really gone wrong in your political aspirations. Hey, listen, at least you can say this about Romney. I remember when Dukakis ran, uh, and there were there was an outcry from people in Massachusetts saying, "Don't vote for him." Yeah. But at least at least with Romney, he seems to have had the support of uh, uh, plenty of people in his home state. Here's a, here's an interesting question. Okay, so uh, so the, the National Party is not uh, the Democrats. They're not recognizing. Uh, Michigan in terms of any real import. Let me ask you this, though. So it it is essentially Hillary or uh, other uh, on this, but so if slash when she is, quote, the winner of this, whatever that means, doesn't that mean that she can still uh, spin it into positive PR for maybe people who are only kind of paying scant attention to it and don't know that it's not kind of a real primary? She may 
but I don't think she's going to try and do that, really. I mean, you know, she hasn't really campaigned there. Uh, nobody really campaigned there. The delegates, as I understand, uh, aren't going to count uh, in this round. So um, I think, really, she's been in New York. She's Rick, really, what she's interested in right now is holding her home state because, uh, you know, the polls are indicating Obama is making some headway, getting some very good support in Harlem uh, in New York, and she would be she really does not want to lose her home state. That would look pretty bad for her. Well, especially because, I mean, and I'd be wrong about this, but I know that in her Senate run, well, she won like two to one or something. Yeah, she won big. You're right. She won with over 60% of the vote. And uh, her state chairman, uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, said as recently as last week that she's been uh, she's going to win New York. She's very strong in New York. Uh, she's got the party establishment. But, you know, uh, this Obama, he's a heck of a campaigner. He's got an unbelievably strong, I am told, um, uh, organization behind him. And he's, he's doing well in New York. He's catching up. So they've got that South Carolina, where half the voters are going to be African-American coming up. So it's it's really pretty interesting, I'd say, on both sides of the fence. Both the Republican and Democratic races seem to be wide open. Uh, and then as we sort of wrap this up, the, the other question remains, I mean, it, I get the feeling that Giuliani is just, uh, I don't know, he's just living in a hut somewhere. I mean, I... Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a great question. Giuliani adopted a very uh, unusual strategy, skipped Iowa, skipped New Hampshire, aiming for Florida, where there are plenty of retired New Yorkers down there uh, hoping to put in a big showing and that uh, that might somehow have his candidacy on track. Uh, we'll see. Don't rule anybody out uh, quite yet. Uh, like I say, it does appear wide open, but you really do have some question marks, I think, uh, over his strategy and over certainly uh, Romney's prospects if he doesn't win Michigan. Is Giuliani's, do you suppose the logic there might be that there is no discernible front runner because you know you get Huckabee who wins Iowa, you get McCain who wins New Hampshire, who knows maybe Romney wins tonight, so they can all just sort of bludgeon each other and drain each other's finances, and then Giuliani comes out at the last minute. That he's playing a little rope a dope, he just comes out at the last minute to victor. You're a smart guy. Uh, you know, I have never worked on any of these campaigns, but that's exactly the kind of stuff I am told that these guys, uh, men and women, sit around and talk about in these war rooms. And, uh, yeah, that would make uh, uh, a, a, perhaps a viable strategy. Let Huckabee win Iowa, a uh, big deal. Let this guy win New Hampshire. If I can get Florida, get some momentum going in a national campaign, look good on Super Tuesday, I can win the nomination. And, you know, that's a lot of what this this, this grassroots politics is about. It's strategizing at that sort of level, getting your people out to vote, building some momentum, and then trying to win all the marbles. All right, my friend, always a pleasure. Enjoy the rest. Of, I don't know if we'll talk to you tomorrow or not, but uh, I will certainly be at home glued to CNN tonight uh, as results come in. So uh, enjoy the rest of your day, Mr. Thanks, Giuliano. You Thank you, sir. There you go. Dick Giuliano, ladies and gentlemen. Hear that part when he called me a smart guy? Yeah, he was just buttering you up. <laughs> uh, do we have Steve, what did you say, 45? Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, well, that, that's actually good because that gives us uh, a couple minutes to do some stuff here. Um, okay, sir, you will be interested in this. Uh, so I have this little geeky thing here, and then we'll talk about uh, this. What sort of, I mean, I don't know that I'm really asking this because I don't know that he can really tell us. I, I would we hate to get any sort of industry in trouble. But what kind of office does the low work at? I'm watching this video of the guy attempting they, to eat a tablespoon do? of chili powder. You I don't really know. computers or something, right? I guess, but I mean... That could be almost anything at this point. I mean, in 2008, that means nothing. I, I suppose it's better because in my head, here's the thing about, about Lowe, is our, you know, the listener of ours, good friend of the show who lives in Vegas now, that 
it really is like some weird combination of The Office and then this fantastic show that's on G4 called Code Monkeys, which is really pretty wonderful. Oh, that's the one that he kept trying to get you to watch. It's right? great. Have you ever seen it? Uh-uh. It's really pretty. It's pretty great. Uh, it's an animated. It's sort of a South Park type show. It's an animated uh, show that um, it, it, it is set in a video game company circa 1983, like three, I think. And the, the, and so it's a bunch of guys who sit and program video games for a living, but it's like 25 years ago. So it all takes place in the 80s. And the gimmick of the show is that all the animation is done as though they were 8-bit computer uh, graphics. So like Nintendo graphics, basically. So the show looks like a cartoon made with an, with an NES. It's, it's pretty funny. Okay. Um, but, of course, it's just, but it's just a bunch of, like, geeky tech guys sitting around just doing insane crap all day. That's, that's, that's the sort of thrust of the sitcom. And that's kind of the feeling I'm getting about wherever he works because so you've got Lowe, you've got this guy who they call Vegas Batman that's his co-worker who's sure he's a nice guy but he's just i mean he's not a bad looking man he just is like you get the feeling he spends a lot of time at a ren fair you know like oh, he's yeah. not a like you get the feeling he buys a lot of things from a shop that's with two p's and an e on the end um and that you know that at home he has some sort of like pewter dragon sculpture like holding a crystal ball on one of his claws those are awesome so it's low it's this other guy and then it's a female co-worker who i swear to you in this video is her job is to hold the paper towels in case the guy hurls and then the guy's just sitting there on camera eating a tablespoon of chili powder. And you have to ask yourself, like, what sort of office is this where he works? It doesn't matter. It's, it's fine. I'm glad I'm glad they're out there. I'm just saying. Uh, so are you going to play the video? I will do that in just a second. Uh, I want to read you this email because I know you'll be interested in this. Now, last uh, Friday, we had this listener, Dan, come in who had uh, some Gotham Times newspapers. He found the Joker cell phone, you know, for the Dark Knight viral campaign going on. Uh, and so he, you know, we, we're really into this whole Batman, you know, this whole this whole run up to the film that's coming out in like six months. This email says, Rick, I won't use this guy's name. He says, Rick, I work at a massive shoe company here in Beaverton. You know the one. I just wanted to know, since you are getting your Jones on for the new Batman flick coming out, that we have a display here of a copy of the bat suit and his footwear. I guess that they were manufactured here at this wow. massive Beaverton shoe company. They're pretty cool. I took some secret photos with my cell phone. I just have to figure out how to get them from my phone to you. Uh, he says, oh, by the way, we also have some Batman shoes from the original Batman with Michael Keaton here as well. How cool is that? That is super cool. So that shoe... All you have to do is change, um, if you're sending it, just change it from uh, two, change it from numbers to letters, and you can just send it to an email address. There you go, sir. So uh, so that guy, so apparently that uh, massive shoe company in Beaverton is actually creating the bat suit and the and the bat suit shoes. Well, created. Yeah. That's awesome. Right. All right. Uh, okay, so this, I'm just going to play a little bit of this, and then we'll get Steve Castelbaum in a second. So this is, you should come check this guy out. Okay. You'll know what I mean when I say he looks like a Ren Fair type. He just, he just has that vibe somehow. So this is oh, yeah. uh, uh, the low off-camera, and then his co-worker. And I know that the, the, we're watching a video here, but we will post that. Richie, can we, um, can you get this posted on our on the uh, 970, the, you know, myspace.com slash am970? You know what? For anyone who's seen Flight of the Concords, this guy looks exactly like Murray, the manager. <laughs> totally. I have seen that. Um, all right. So this is uh, this guy, uh, the Lowe's co-worker, who calls himself Vegas, Vegas Batman, and he has got a jar, you know, like one of those plastic, like McCormick's, uh, spice jars of chili powder and a large spoon, and he is sitting in what is clearly like a, a conference room here. So, um, okay. 
see if I can get the audio. Uh, is my computer up? Oh, you know what? You were looking at the music. Okay. It's okay. We'll um, we'll get Steve here in a second, but I, we really should watch this here. I have to do that challenge out. You know, there's other kinds. There's just one chili powder. He looks exactly like Murray. Now, I was confident I could do the cinnamon before, and I have never been confident I could do this because I'm really bad with hot food. So all of you guys that continue to want me to do hot food, it's... I love the Internet. Just a big spoon. Really? Before the Internet, <laughs> what would this guy have done? Like, what would this guy do with his life if it wasn't for YouTube? Uh, strip clubs. Uh... You know that know, every no, day after no. work he goes there. It's true. And Starla gives him a special dance. It's Starla. You wow. know it. Okay, so he's got this um, this big bottle of chili powder just right off the shelf at Safeway that he is now dumping into this tablespoon. Zooming into <laughs> Whoa. Oh, oh no! It is God. the McCormick's brand, by the way. If anybody should care. Oh God, man, that's a lot of it's chili. Oh, and he's smoothing it out. And then it tastes like dirt. Hot dirt. It doesn't look like... Oh, no. Okay, this is a rounded tablespoon. It's a big spoon. I mean, that's a... And it's a mound. That is a, uh, that is a heaping tablespoon of chili powder. Oh. He was being a little too big for his britches there. <laughs> okay, yeah, he's totally fronting, too. He's he's doing, like, the uh, the Guy Ritchie, the snatch uh, thing, where he's, like, leaning into the camera and looking, you know, looking down. Um, all right, here we go. It's not regulation all right, here goes the tablespoon of chili powder into his mouth. All right, dude. All right. In. It's in. <laughs> yeah. Right into a trash can. Yeah, into his mouth, into the trash can. <laughs> Is he really throwing up? Someone's throwing up over here. <laughs> yes, that's a yes, Sarah. You need anything, bro? Take it out. I needed to have not done that. This is what I needed. Oh. <laughs> Ew. Wow. I think I could do it. But I could use some paper now. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Fantastic. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. That was funny. Oh, my God. I need not to do it. I can use some... send Steve the link. I can do some paper towels. Uh, we'll, we'll send you the link to this. We're going to put it on our MySpace page uh, at uh, myspace.com slash am970. That's going to be posted up there. Okay, because I was just looking at your show's website to see if it was up there. Okay. Uh, yeah, oh, at 970.am? Yeah, uh, yeah, rickemerson.com. Oh, rickemerson.com. Yeah, the, uh, no, it's going to be on the station... Uh, uh, on our MySpace page, myspace.com slash AM970. Richie's going to get that posted. So, yeah, this is a listener of ours. He listens to us in Vegas, and uh, this is him and a co-worker. And this co-worker, and again, I, 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 it must just be a really slack season at the office where they work because once a week now they have this challenge where the co-worker eats a tablespoon of something. <laughs> Last week it was a tablespoon of cinnamon. This week it was a tablespoon of chili powder. I don't know what it's going to be. I've tried to suggest that they do some sort of a salt-eating contest, but I don't really know that that's going to happen. So That sounds a lot more interesting than the uh, the shtick that they had on a radio station in Cleveland that I was on while I was in Cleveland last week. I, I went to the station and did a, an in-studio thing. Right. Uh, every Thursday there, they do uh, na uh, Guess That Disease. Really? Yeah, that's what they do. They, they come up with the... Uh, 
with the symptoms, and then, you know, whoever can guess it correctly wins uh, whatever the So they would is. say, like, uh, profuse sweating, difficulty in bleeding, uncontrollable diarrhea, and, uh, you know, the, the yeah. inability to speak. And then you would say, Black Widow Bite. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. I might not have said Black Widow Bite. But... Or, you know, whatever. Uh, well, you know what? That reminds me of, let me tell you about a terrible radio program that used to be on the air. And I say this with all due respect to this guy. Um, it was the David Brenner Show. And David Brenner at one point had a syndicated talk show. This is sort of back in, I mean, not that it's really gotten a lot better, but this was back in the early to mid-90s when everybody on Earth was given a radio talk program. Right. I mean, and, and you can argue that that's still happening now, Whoopi Goldberg. But there was this, and you you probably remember this, there was a time, especially if you were a conservative, which he was not, but there was, I mean, anybody with a pulse. I mean, Pat Buchanan, Mary Madeline, Oliver North, Michael Reagan, I mean, every single person on earth was given a radio program, and David Brenner was no exception. And they decided uh, that, you know, he was the perfect guy to captivate uh, the radio audience. So David Brenner was given this talk show, which lasted for about four months, but his, as they say, his benchmark, his flagship uh, uh, bit was this, was this contest called Stump the Hand. And what Stump the Hand was, uh, it, 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 he would have an object in his hand like from the supermarket, and he would read you the list of ingredients, mm -hmm. and then people would just call up for hours to guess what it was. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, so he would say, like, uh, like he would be playing Stump the Hand, and I'm trying to find something here that, um, uh, Sarah, do you have a food wrapper of some kind? Like a box or a food, like that, yeah, those. So this, he would be playing Stump the Hand, and this is what Stump the Hand, this would, keep in mind, this was, and I say this with all respect to them, this was a Westwood One radio program. I mean, they, they, I think they launched this in like 45 stations. Um, and imagine now, Steve Kastamop, 45 minutes of this. This is David Brenner. You're playing Stump the Hand. Um, all right, the object I have in my hand today, this has um, autolyzed yeast, monocalcium phosphate, ammonium bicarbonate, and uh, onion powder. And so uh, now the number is 1-800-BRENNER, uh, uh, if you'd like to play Stump the Hand. And that was it. That was his setup. And then literally there would be 44 minutes or whatever it was in the hour, minus stop sets. It would, that was the rest of the hour. People come, uh, yeah, is that, uh, is that strawberry scented glycerin soap? No, I'm sorry, it's not, but thank you for playing. Next call, uh, yeah, is that a, uh, is that a 75 uh, Firebird? No, it's not, but thank you for playing. Until someone got it, or until the day's show was over, when he would say, uh, what I was holding was uh, baked goldfish uh, snack crackers. Uh, this is the David Brenner Show. And, and, then, and then he would, and then that was it. That was the day's program. That's Radio Gold. It really was. I mean, it's no guess that disease, but I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Okay. All right. Uh, well, hey, just, this is uh, actually just sort of an, an inadvertent coincidence. We were just talking about MySpace a second ago, and they got you... Um, they got you on the, on the MySpace uh, tip, as they say out there, because I guess they're rolling out some keep perverts away from your kids thing. Yeah, they signed an agreement with uh, the attorneys general. I like, I like saying it that way, which is the proper way to say it. Attorneys general of most of the United States of America. Uh, I heard somebody today say attorney generals, and they're not generals. Did you enjoy correcting them? They're general attorneys. It is, it's like surgeons general. Exactly. Yes. Right. Right. They're not generals. They don't wear uniforms. But um, they reached an agreement with MySpace, and uh, they signed this accord with, with the company that, that, uh, where the company says they're going to uh, institute uh, all of these measures to protect our underage children 
from online predators. But the problem is, uh, for some of the things that they want to do, MySpace says, you know, the technology doesn't really exist yet or it's not perfected yet. Whereas, you know, they want to be able to keep, you know, children under the age of 14 off the website. And the attorneys general seem to think that the technology is out there uh, where they can tell if somebody signing up on the site is, is indeed, you know, below the age of 14. I don't know how they can do that if you're just on some computer at home. But the folks in MySpace say it's really not perfected yet, but we'll work with you uh, to perfect that uh, yeah. that technology. But meanwhile, uh, on top of all that, right now, if you're 14 or 15 and you sign up uh, for MySpace, your profile is automatically set to private. They're going to extend that to 16- and 17-year-olds. They will not allow these young teens to be contacted by adults that they don't know in the real world. They're going to develop a sex offenders database for guys who are convicted sex uh, offenders, and if they're on MySpace, you know they're going to kick them off, essentially. All right, I'm telling you right now, here's, I'm, this is my opinion, my assessment of this. I'm making the call. This is one of those things uh, that they're going to put in a press release and put out and then never actually do. Uh, this is in the, what in the software world is referred to as vaporware, which is where they put out a press release announcing that they're going to create some exciting new video game or program or application, and they just do it to get the press, and then it never actually happens. Well, I think, I th I think with this, it's just so general in, in the way they're talking about doing this that it's impossible to catch every single person on there who's violating one or all of these, uh, you know, uh, measures that they're implementing at MySpace. So I, I believe that they're sincere in their efforts to, to do this, but I don't think they'll be able to catch every single person who's violating uh, all of these uh, steps that they're putting in place there to keep the sexual predators away from the young teens. Well, we were the other day. There was some uh, we had some story, or there was some press release, or something that came out with some concerned mom, blah blah blah, and she created this sort of version of MySpace. And this is one of those things that must have seemed like a good idea, like until you take four or five seconds and really think about it. She created this MySpace variant that was solely for children under the age of twelve. And it was like it was called Kid Zone or Kid Space or whatever. And it was basically a MySpace site that she created, but it was only for very young children. Mm -hmm. And as somebody here pointed out, there's nothing like creating a space where perverts can go where they know there's going to be nothing but small children. You know what I mean? Just exactly. put them all in one place so the molesters know right where to go. And the best part about this is uh, today uh, in New York, there's a story in most of the papers in the New York Daily News and the New York Post about this couple uh, a guy who's a male stripper and his girlfriend is a female stripper, and sometimes they perform together. Somehow they, they lured a 13- and a 14-year-old uh, girl, uh, two girls, off of MySpace, uh, convinced them to run away from home, and then brought them to their house or to his apartment where they plied them with alcohol and then had sex with them and then took them to some club in the city where they got these two underage girls involved in an orgy. <laughs> Wow. At a strip joint in, Jesus. in New York somewhere. I've, I've never been to a strip joint where that's happened. <laughs> okay, that's clearly a club where that that's like a secret knock and then like a retinal scan at the door. It's got to be because the, the rules are so strict in in, uh, in in those type of clubs, you know, in the, in the legitimate ones. Uh, and just real quickly before we go, uh, my uh, news director, Tim Riley, has just handed this to me. This is from uh, Metro Source News. Uh, do you guys in Manhattan have a self-cleaning bathroom? Oh, yeah. You didn't know about that? New York City's first automated self-cleaning bathroom is attracting its fair share of customers. 30, uh, I'm sorry, 374 people have used it since Thursday. You know, it's it's taking them, it, it has taken them 10 years to get this thing installed, or more than 10 years even. 
because they, they've been trying to do this for a while. They had a, a test run of, of one down in, by City Hall for a long time. It's one of these things where the entire thing is made out of stainless steel on the inside, and in between each user, it is sterilized, literally. By so it, just, it closes up and then it goes and yeah. power washes itself? Exactly. They have them around Europe. They have them all over, all over Paris. Please tell me that it's possible for you to be, remain trapped inside while it power washes. Yeah, I don't think it is. Uh, I think there's something like a 20-minute limit. And uh, one of the problems, one of the reasons it took so long for them to, to get this thing installed here, to get one that they could all agree upon, was that uh, all these different groups were, were fighting for one cause or another, and uh, it had to be accessible to people with special needs. So then all of these niche groups of people with special needs were saying, well, we can't get in there if we have uh, an electric wheelchair. Right. Got to be able, you know, so... They wound up creating, you know, the idea was they didn't want to create this thing that somebody could, you know, sort of just camp out inside of if it was so big. But they sort of had to create a pretty big, you know, sort of, you know, on the sidewalk bathroom. Well, I'm just sort of picturing that a homeless guy decides that it's time, you know, shower day. Uh, and right. so he just uses a quarter and goes in there and hangs out until it just scrubs him clean. I'm waiting for that to happen. Apparently it can't. They say they have sensors in there and, uh, you know, the door opens automatically after 20 minutes. So, you know, you got to time yourself. Excellent. All right, my friend. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Are you on tomorrow? Uh, yes, I am. All right. We will undoubtedly talk to you then. Enjoy the rest of your uh, Tuesday, sir. See you, guys. All right. Steve Kasten, ma'am, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. Oh, sorry. They had those all over London when I lived there. Those are fa that's fantastic. But they always scared me. I never went into an. Oh, I would totally use one of those. I mean, because, you know. Um, one of my friends, and he said that they can't happen, but I specifically remember somebody getting stuck in there and getting completely <laughs> Being power washed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's take a break here. I sent you something, Rick. Yeah. What? Some I don't beautiful know. Flowers. Who sent you're me? You're a beautiful flower, Rick. Me beautiful. Ah. Uh. All right. Really? Uh huh. Well, okay. Open up. It's a secret admirer. Got to open them. Perhaps not so secret. Maybe they're long tapered lilies just for you, Rick. Okay. Uh, I don't know how you open these. Are these from Pro Flowers, one of our many fine sponsors? They are. Ah. Oh, muscles. Yeah, but I can't open, but I can't have this tape. Where are you getting there? All right, here we go. I don't have any scissors. No, I got it. This is really exciting. I'm opening a box on the air. Hooray. All right, hold on. All right. What is it? Uh, okay, this is, this is how weird radio is. In case you want to know, it, it, the radio is... I have not received pro flowers from pro flowers. Pro, <laughs> pro flowers themselves have sent me a bouquet. Let's well, that see. Is nice. Let's see what it's a bouquet of. Roses, perhaps. Maybe. You know, the great thing is, if my wife's not listening, I can totally pass these off as something I bought for her. Mm -hmm. eh. Oh, I just took them let's out of see. the. Uh, it's a dozen roses. Oh, that's very nice of yes, them. Yes, it is. All right, so there you go. Oh, and I but I pulled them out of the thing. Okay, we got to go to a break. I have to fix my fl I have to fix my roses. You mean Lara's roses? I'm Lara's roses. I'm sorry, I have to fix my flowers. We'll be back after this, y'all. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. New News Hour next. machines nobody buys. Uh, so we were just in the kitchen. This is not a reflection on Eric, who's our stellar vending machine guy. I'm just saying. 
No matter where you go in this world, no matter what path you may walk, there are items in the vending machine wherever you are that no one is ever going to purchase. No one ever buys the beef and cheese stick. No one ever buys the trail mix. Very few people ever buy the granola bars. And let's move on to liquid vending machines for a second. You know what no one ever buys out of a liquid vending machine? And why is it even in there? That bottle of, like, seltzer or tonic water. No one ever buys that. In the kitchen here, there's a bottle of, like, Canadian mist tonic water, whatever the hell, or, like, Schweppes tonic water. Oh, I love tonic water. Oh, no, not tonic. I like the mineral water. Yeah, mineral water is fine. Tonic water you don't like. Uh-uh. Uh, tonic water you don't like. Uh, tonic water is just water with quinine, which, by the way, is just a step down from Ipecac, which is the stuff they give you to induce vomiting. Mm. I'm all for Clemp. Here's Tim Riley. Give me a seltzer. For the Rat Emerson <laughs> Noon News. I want an egg cream. Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, so this is Tim Riley. A little meat on your bones. <laughs> You've got to eat. Well, a pair of climbers missing in treacherous weather of Mount Hood have walked out to meet their search team. Climber. Climber. Oh, damn it. Wait, well, you know, these uh, two guys are in their uh, 20s. They're experienced climbers. Climber? I barely knew her. One of these guys called his girlfriend today to let them know that they dug into the snow when conditions became so bad they couldn't continue. They were near the tree line on the 11,239-foot mountain. Were they off the trail? Doesn't say here. Uh, 18 rescuers are on their way to meet them, and they did. Our earlier search teams are waiting for a break in the stormy weather before heading up there. And uh, so they're all, they're fine. More than 35 climbers have died on Mount Hood in the past 25 years, and so far this year we don't have any. Well, but the year's still young, Tim. Yep. We've got many, many months. So the tote board still says zero for 2008 wow. for the Mount Hood Death Watch. Maybe we could have a sponsor for that. <laughs> I was just thinking was that, actually. Was it around the same time last year? Oh, there are always people dying up there. I didn't say, that well, family? yeah, because, I mean, because once, yeah, I think it was January, February, because once... Whatever, like April hits. I mean, I guess there's... Is there snow on Manhood year-round? Yes, pretty much. Towards the top? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's not like it's out of the question that it could happen later on in the year, but I do think it happens in the first quarter. So, uh, no, our tow board is at zero, but, you know, the, the, the hope does spring eternal, because I'm not saying these guys went off the path. I don't know enough about the case to weigh in, mm-hmm. but I'm saying it uh, It doesn't, you know, it, it's entirely likely that they wandered off the path, because that seems to be what people do. And then you have, and not for these guys, maybe, but for, just in general, then you have... You know, like that embarrassing call to your relatives. Hello, I'm an idiot, and I'm now buried up to my neck in snow. So Come and get me. Yeah, please send 18 people that Rick and Tim and Sarah can pay for. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Black ice causes treacherous travel all morning. It was a terrible thing this morning as uh, people in the suburbs woke up and everything was covered with ice. And lumberjacks. Why do I just know in my bones that that sounder is going to appear in the afternoon news? When we find a good joke, we beat it to death. Yes. We kill it no, several it's, times. It's what we do. That's what we do. What it's was what happening this morning, Tim? Oh, treacherous ice. Freezing temperatures overnight created treacherous driving conditions throughout the Portland metro area. Black ice coated many roads. Cruise routes bring the ice around the interstate and main thoroughfares, but side roads were especially slick.
It may I, happen again tonight. Therefore, we're saving these sound effects for tomorrow. I think we found the programming for our HD channel, Tim. Just in glorious high-definition sound. That'll that's be your the, next big show promo. Me <laughs> oh, that's a great idea, actually. Just 42 seconds. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Uh, hello, sir and madam, as the case may be. You're on the Rick Emerson program. Speak and be heard. Hey, Rick, how are you? What's up? I have a huge begging favor to ask of you. Can you guys please start streaming live? I am moving out of Oregon, and the only thing I'm going to miss is the Rick Emerson show. Well, whose fault is that, that you're moving out of Oregon? Um, actually, it would be mine. I decided that, you know, a little bit of job security would probably be a good thing. Well, that's that's overrated. I let me. Where Are you moving to somewhere better, at least? I am moving to the heartland of America, Kansas City, Kansas. So that would be no. Pretty much. Yeah. Why, what's in Kansas? Um, a new job. Uh, what kind of work do you do? Uh, software development. In Kansas? In Kansas. Don't they still regard computers as tools of the devil there? You know, I'm, I'm probably thinking you're right, but we'll have to wait until I get there to find out. Kansas? Kansas. Like dust in the wind, Kansas? Pretty much. What? I mean, I don't mean to disparage the fine people of whatever. Kansas. Kansas City or can What is it? Kansas City? Kansas no. City, Kansas. Oh, wait, I thought Kansas City was in Missouri. There there are two Kansas cities. One's in Missouri, one's in Kansas. It's kind of like Portland. East Portland, West Portland. Yeah. It okay, stretches but, into two states. No, but okay, but at least... Uh, it's like East Berlin and West Berlin. It's still in Germany, but there are two... No, that's wrong, too. Wait, but, uh, but they, do they physically touch? Yes. Yes. Okay, so it's a, so the state is the dividing line. Yes. Correct. Okay. Uh, anyway, so is this for a company that I might recognize? Uh, it's a, for a healthcare company. A healthcare company in Kansas. Uh, how about stop frying everything? That's the first thing, uh, the suggestion I have. All right. Um, well, here's the thing. Uh, as you know, we're podcasting and archiving. We are, and this is not just something I say to placate people. Uh, we are in the process of getting our getting our streaming together. Uh, but somebody asked me this a few weeks ago, and I told them, really, no exaggeration. The paperwork was about two and a half inches thick uh, to get it done. I mean, it, it's immense because you have to you have to get clearance and legal rights to stream. It, it, I mean, everything on the station, basically. I mean, the guy who does our big voice, you know, the you're listening to AM 970. That guy has to get legal clearance. We have to get legal clearance. <laughs> the Metro. We have to get legal clearance from the people who supply our ice crunching sounds. We have to get legal permission from everybody on the station. I mean, it, it, it is a Herculean undertaking, but it is going to happen probably within the next 90 days. Oh, that would be fantastic. I'll be looking. All right. Until then, you can you can listen, you know, merely a half an hour behind, sir, on the uh, on the uh, web page. And I will be, assuming that, you know, the intern continues to get it up there. Uh, okay. When is it you're moving? I'm actually driving now. Oh, how oh. sad. Have you stopped to just maybe get a belt or two? Um. No, I'm thinking I'm going to wait till I get a little bit further and then stop and have a drink every major town I get. Yeah. <laughs> I would suggest a drink about every 90 minutes. You're in for four days of driving through nothing but dead corn stalks. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> the land that God and forgot. A, and a big billboard that says, Pancakes Ahead. <laughs> That's all you have to look forward to. Is creationism making a monkey out of you? Oh, no, I, can't. I always screw that joke up. The billboard says, Evolution. And then it's the guy turning into a monkey. All right. Uh, well, sir, we're glad you, that you listened to us when you uh, when you had the chance. And uh, best of luck in the bustling state of Kansas. And stuff. I'll be waiting to listen to you live. All right. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Bye. Bye now. All right. That'll be the only thing that'll make him feel good about living there. Wow. Yeah, but, you know, the thing is, the, the, 
Here's the good news. The good news is when he lives in Kansas, we are going to sound so much better than we ever did to him. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, the show is pretty great now. The show is going to sound even better to a guy who's just decided to move to Kansas. Was, correct me if I'm wrong. Was Kansas where the Scopes Monkey trial was? No, no, no. You're thinking of uh, Tennessee, I believe. I don't really know, actually. I, I, reala- I realize now that I don't know where uh, the Scopes Monkey trial took place. Yeah, I think it's Tennessee. All right. Uh, one more, and then we'll uh, continue here with hi. You're on the radio. You know that snow. Susan Reynolds is. Uh, it was late today. They, they, they close. Hi. Hold on. Okay. The, you know schools were delayed by two hours this morning. Yeah. Uh, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Well, since this is a technical question hour, are you guys going to have an HD stream? HD. What's that? Oh, that. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Does check, that work on AM? I don't know. Check back later in the year. <laughs> I'll do that. Thanks, Rick. Yeah, <laughs> he's not—he's not really going to do that. Uh, no, I mean uh, you can buy an HD radio. I really—I guess it's I'm really expensive. I mean, now, now, see, that's not true. Uh, to be, very reasonable. To be <laughs> fair, to be fair, they're not that expensive. They're like a hundred bucks, well, which is more not, expensive than us. Yeah, I mean they're not—I mean they're not pocket change, but to be yeah. fair, they're not exorbitantly expensive. They're like a hundred bucks. And the only—you know the reason I know that? You know who bought one? Who? Scotty. Oh. Scotty J uh, is the only person I know. And I'm not saying this to be down in HD. It's just a fact. He's the only person I know in my entire life who has purchased an HD radio. Now, I know some people who have HD radios because they were given to them. Those people are the AEs upstairs here at CBS Radio Portland. They were given HD radios as part of their big one-day sales bonanza. It was like a, you know. So they can play them for clients. Sure. Uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was, you know, it was like first prize gets a Cadillac Eldorado, second prize had a steak knife, third prize HD radio. Uh, but Scotty, to be fair, uh, said that he listened to this station on HD and that it sounded really good. Um, that being said, uh, we do not have a supplementary or HD stream at the moment. We have two big towers up there. You think we could? And if you go to 970.am, they'll be happy to show you a banner advertising KNRK's HD stream at the bottom of the page. So, there you go. At where? At 970.am. There's a little rotating <laughs> banner at the bottom. What is going on? Sarah, you're asking the wrong person. It doesn't always say that, but sometimes, like one time out of five, when you go to 970.am, there's a banner at the bottom. Did you ever get those liners cut? Enjoy the exciting uh, HD programming on KNRK. (laughs) Yeah. The best minds in the industry are working behind this, Sarah. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, effective today, Oregon will begin a new phase in ethanol blend gasoline. All gas stations must use a blend with at least 10% ethanol year-round. The uh, the lawmakers hope the blend will cut the need for imported oil, cut pollution, and boost the need for ethanol, which is made in Oregon. Over the next nine months, all counties in the state will begin phasing in this process. So does that mean gas is going to go down? Probably not. No. They always find an excuse to really... By the way, we have this email. Rick, what the hell? Why is it always going to be black ice? No one ever complains about the dangers of white ice, but you toss in some black ice and suddenly it's death and danger around every corner. Because this is just another attempt by the white man to take away all that is soulful and glorious. And then he says, black ice rage, black ice power. (laughs) All right, thank you, sir. Here's Tim Riley. I never really thought about that. White ice is fine. Black ice is going to kill you and your family. (laughs) Well, there has been white ice flight to the suburbs, and that could be part of it. (laughs) All that's left... All that's left here in the Portland Metro will be black ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. I was going to make... No, no, I'm thinking of Black Lightning, who was a... Uh, I think he was a Marvel superhero in the 70s. Both Hillary and Obama are, uh, well, tussling about black ice. <laughs> trying, to, trying to win the black ice vote. <laughs> uh, all right. 
Fantastic. Uh, homeowners have saved the life of a young bull moose who fell through the ice on Loon Lake in Washington. Oh, that's good. I was afraid that that moose would die. No, the moose is okay. Excellent. He's about three years old. He broke through about 50 yards from shore. Rescuers rushed to the scene, went out in the ice in a small boat to use axes and chainsaws. They cut a path so the moose could swim into shallow water. Very nice. Eventually, uh, Mr. Moose got on shore, and a few minutes later, he got his wits back and disappeared back into the wilderness. Excellent. So there are pictures of... Uh, well, that's good. No, I mean, it's good to have one of because they can never, like, for example, never can never save, save whales. Did you ever notice that? Yeah, we're going to go save this whale. No one ever saved a whale. Well, you can't save them when you're firing at them. <laughs> when, when, when there's a Japanese freighter behind them filling them full of harpoons. <laughs> um, so... Um, no, but, you know, you'll get some whale that's, like, caught somewhere that's decided to beach itself, and a bunch of well-meaning uh, hippies just, we're going to go and shove the whale back out to sea. Never works. No. Never works. Always dead. Hey, I heard, a, uh, maybe this is an urban legend, I heard that that whale from Free Willy is dead. Oh, yeah. That he was, that he was like, killed and eaten. Is that true? I don't think he was killed and eaten. eaten? I, I just think he died. No, but, I mean, they, they, you know, there's whaling. I mean, there are countries that whale. Are there not? Yes. I believe, um, I believe Iceland and is that where Reykjavik is? Yeah. Yes. I believe Iceland and Japan uh, whale, I think, like in the face of strong condemnation from, you know, everyone. Uh, but I think they can. I heard, I heard it sounds like one of those Eddie Haskell got killed in Vietnam rumors. But I heard that the free willy whale got killed and like sold in cans to school children or something. That's probably not true. I don't think that's true. I'm going to believe it's true. Uh, Keiko the whale died. Oh. December 13th, 2003. Of natural causes? Now, let me look here. He. He died suddenly. Please tell me he was blown up. It just said that he died suddenly in Norway. He was 27 years old. Well, that's... But in when now, is that in whale years? I guess so. This was five years ago. Is that a long time in human years? Actually, four years ago. What do whales... You know, there's like that dog years thing. Is 27 whale years... Is that like a like a normal age person? Well, the average uh, the average life of a whale is 35, so... Wow. He was just a few years away anyway. He became ill very quickly... He exhibited some signs of uh, lethargy and a lack of appetite. So oh, okay. uh, he died of that. Oh, a sudden bout of pneumonia in the water. How? Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's odd. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's odd. I guess you don't really think of things that living in the water is getting pneumonia. Well, well all right. Spent too much time there. Well, <laughs> Keiko, try to spend less time in the water. But he was not eaten. Okay. Well. Okay. Rick, don't speculate if Keiko was eaten. I'm or just not. saying, you make the kids cry. <laughs> I'm just get the many children listening to us today. Hi, kids. Uh, here's Tim Riley. We always have Logan. No, that's true. An Aberdeen high school student has been charged with malicious harassment for the hateful comments he posted about another student on the MySpace. Uh, the detective, say 19-year-old Brander Peterman, uh, threatened it in a written message posted on the web to quote. These are in his words: "Hang an African American student at the school." End quote. Peterman is accused of bullying a 17-year-old student at the school by creating an online profile. The prosecutor said his friends had used his face to call the African-American student racial slurs and implied he was a homosexual. The targeted teen didn't even know the profile existed until his sister discovered it three months ago. The harassment turned violent when one student used a racial slur and wrote... Ooh, I'm not even going to read that. Anyway, the message was uh, posted on the MySpace, so uh, these white kids started all this trouble. In Aberdeen, Washington. And uh, uh, well, That's hard to believe. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rick, Kansas isn't where they had the Scopes trial, but the State Board of Education did try to add creationism to the school science curriculum. That's what I'm thinking of. That's what I'm thinking of. And Kansas is where they want, they got those stickers put on the science textbooks that said, evolution is only a theory. It hasn't been proven. 
Big uh, big sticker right there in the book. There's a group of people who, who, when they moved out there, lived in grass huts. <laughs> Maybe they can... Uh, they just stacked the mulch. <laughs> I'm serious. And... I'm just going to go live in the dirt. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so have fun in uh, Kansas, Chris. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Uh, Mitt Romney held a big rally this morning in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Romney explained his concern for the big three automakers as voters in the state head to the polls for the primary election. Michigan is going through a one-state recession. How in the world can a federal government sit back and watch a state suffer year after year after year, watch the automotive industry see jobs leave year after year after year. And I know in western Michigan that doesn't affect you as directly as it does other parts of the state. But, you know, how do you sit back and watch that happen and not take action? They do take action. People buy foreign cars because they built better. <laughs> there you go, Mitt Romney, in your face. And I can... Uh, never mind. It feels stupid. I mean, it feels like the biggest waste of time for me to sit and criticize Mitt Romney for having conflicting positions on things, because that's like his whole leitmotif. Yeah. I mean, that's his whole thing, is that he is, to use the dreaded phrase, he is a flip-flopper on almost everything. Uh, you know, he was uh, pro-abortion and pro-gay marriage until he decided to run for president. Then suddenly he became anti those things, always. Uh, and he's opposed to states getting involved, uh, except when it, it comes to what goes on in your bedroom or saving the automotive industry, when he's all uh, for the government getting involved with states. So it doesn't matter. He's not going to be elected to anything. I, I would be stunned if he even got the vice presidential nomination at this point. That's true. Uh, O.J. Simpson, back in jail, of course. The bail bonds with yeah. the pick Simpson yeah. up in Florida, Miguel Piera. Said the former trophy winner didn't seem to take things very seriously. I'll take at juice all. in the can. Got please. in my vehicle and started driving away. I asked Mr. Simpson if he had his license with him uh, or any form of ID, and he uh, he re asked me, "Why am I going to jail? You're arresting me or something?" <laughs> so um, I said, "Yes, I am," and he started laughing. <laughs> uh, the it's not only... so funny now, is it, funny man? <laughs> the only reason he arrested Simpson was to fix his own legal problems. Well, that's false, says the uh, Bill Bonds. There's none, uh, absolutely none. Um, I've never had any problems with the law. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not the type of person that'll throw somebody under the bus just to fix my problems. Let me, first of all, A, juice in the can. Come on. All right, juice in the can. That's funny, you bastards. Um, someone out there is laughing. Just because it's not funny here doesn't mean it's not funny out there. Um, it, two, uh, secondly, how terrifying do you think it must be to have O.J. Simpson in your car a foot away from you, and then having to go, yes, by the way, I'm taking you to jail, Juice. I mean, you got to be looking over at him out of the you know corners of your eyes a lot while you're continuing the rest of that car drive. I mean, I think you're you're making sure the glove box is locked. There's nothing pointy or sharp anywhere in the car. I mean, that's really of all the people to be locked in a car with when you give them the news that you're taking them to jail. O.J. Simpson is uh, that's at the bottom of the list, really. All right, here's uh, oh by the way, Rick. Don't forget the Israelis. They, whole, they have that whole wall of wailing. Oh, that is true. Hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. That's not even deserving of the wah-wah. Hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. That was a good one. It, it was. You are funny out here, too, Rick. Thank you. In your face. But, uh, yeah, thanks for taking my call. Hi, Tim. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Hello. Big fan of the show and uh, good stuff today. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just want to tell you about Kansas City. They do have a bunch of software developing going on out there for some strange reason. And uh, my, my wife used to get sent out there once a year to take some seminars there. And she said it's because they, you can get real cheap real estate out there because nobody's <laughs> Really? I'm stunned. Uh, yeah. 
And and so, wait, so your wife worked in software, and so she would have to go out there how often? Uh, just like once a year. And for, uh, But for seven weeks? No, 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 just for a few days. Oh, I was going to say, because I don't know why I got seven weeks in my head. So my brother, that's time you'll never get back. Yeah, I don't know. You know yeah, that'd be yeah. terrible. She said she'd go out in the evening and walk around and... Like, huge skyscrapers in the middle of downtown are all boarded up. <laughs> of course. It's really weird. And like, incidentally, when she was uh, in line to go out there uh, at the airport to go through security, she got she started getting hit on by uh, Art Alex's office one time. That's hard to believe. Yeah, uh, he was on his way to Kansas City. I don't know why. <laughs> he's huge in Kansas City. They have many. Yeah, they they got have some pretty little women there, and he's going to get him one. Good reference. Pretty. That's very good. I was going to go a different way, but that's really good. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Yeah, have a good day. You too. All right. For a minute at the beginning of that call, I couldn't tell if he was screwing with us because he sounds like there's this guy that calls Don and Mike every day. And they, you know, they answer the phone like Don and Mike show. And the guy just goes, hey, Don and Mike, great job. Love the show. Great. Love the sports news. Keep up the good work. And click. And then he hangs up. That's exactly what that guy sounded like. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick. Hey. Hey, Rick. What's up? A little uh, pop culture trivia for you. I, yeah. I can't believe you glossed right over it when Tim mentioned Aberdeen, Washington. Yeah. You know what famous dead person is from Aberdeen, Washington, don't you? Wait. Hold on. Do we know? Come on, Rick. Come on, Rick. Do we know? Hold on a second. You're going to take away your card. Really, honestly, are you? here's the thing. Hold on a second. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to put you on hold, okay? All right. Okay, don't go anywhere. You stay there. All right. All right. You know what? And I heard that Alanis Morissette wrote that song. <laughs> I'm just exactly. Here's the thing. That guy's going to stay on hold. Uh, hey, Richie, uh, we're going to take caller five right now at 503-733-2970. Upper grabs a copy of Jackass 2.5, an all-new feature-length film that raises and lowers the bar for entertainment. Uh, on sale now from MTV Home Video. Uh, we will take caller number five right now at 503-733-2970. Uh, if you have... The answer that this guy is looking for, which you almost assuredly do, uh, you will win a copy of Jackass 2.5. If, on the other hand, uh, you come up with something that this guy, you know, that is wrong, if you don't have the right answer, this guy on hold will win Jackass 2.5. And, sir, on hold, Chris, you have to be honest about it. Don't go changing your answer just to win. Uh, so we'll take caller number five at 503-733-2970. This guy wants to know what famous dead person is from Aberdeen. We'll take caller 5 at 503-733-2970. Uh, and then let's do this. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Is yeah. this me, Rick? Yes, it is, sir. <laughs> this is your friend Todd from Kennewick. How are you, dude? I'm fine, Todd from Kennewick. <laughs> Todd what? Todd okay. what? I'm not your same, your friend Todd that you always talk about. I'm a different Todd. A different uh, Todd. I'm from Kennewick. Hot Excellent. Todd. And are you still living there? No. Good for you. Where are you living now? Portland? I'm in Van. I'm in the uh, in the Metro Vancouver area. I like it. You stopped first. You were just going to say Vancouver, but then you felt like you needed to sort of gloss it, glam it up a little bit. No, no, no. I'm in the Metro. <laughs> I'm in the real like, glitzy parts. Uh, I'm in the glitzy part of Vancouver. Yeah, exactly. Do you have a? Are you commenting? Is this on my juice in the can observation? I was laughing my ass off about juice in the can when you said somebody out there is laughing. See? This, said, That's me. This, this guy found me amusing. In your face, everybody who is not this guy. A little Kennewick comedy with two K's. <laughs> exactly. The Kennewick comedy corner. And Actually, I must tell you, yeah. you use an incredible vocabulary that I haven't heard for years. 
Well, I and, do. I do try to be perfectly cromulent with all my uh, all my expressions. <laughs> I don't know if that's a Kennewick vocabulary or what. Okay. Thank you, but, sir. Uh, God, God bless you. I'm I'm glad you made it out of Kennewick. And God bless you, Rick. Thank you, and, sir. Uh, hey, a shout out to my my fellow Coog, Sarah. Hello. The lovely, the lovely Sarah X. Dillon. You have an interesting speaking style. <laughs> you're making me nervous a little. <laughs> you kind of sound like you're polishing a gun while you talk. <laughs> I'm driving. I want to say hello to you. We're all going to go be with Jesus soon. <laughs> all right. Be it's, safe on the road, sir. Don't don't very, text while driving. Very similar, driving and polishing a gun while talking on the phone. Okay, then. All right, my hey. friend. Enjoy Thank the rest of your day. Thank you, Have sir. Have an awesome day. You as well. Bye. I'm going to eat your pancreas. All right. Um, all right. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey, everybody. Oh, wait. This caller, Fabke, don't answer yet, okay? Okay. Okay, hold on. Uh, Chris, you still there? Yes, sir. Okay, here's the deal. Don't go changing your answer. You, I trust you to be honorable here. Now, yes, this guy, Mike, in a second, is going to answer your question. What famous dead guy is from Aberdeen? If he's correct, he'll win a copy of Jackass 2.5, and you'll get the pleasure of having helped him do so. All right? Sweet. All right, Mike, what dead guy is Chris talking about? All right, it, I know this. It's it's Bob Hope. Uh, really? Who? Now. <laughs> really? Is this is this what you're wasting our time with? Yeah. Hang up the phone. <laughs> Hang up now. Jesus. Okay. Well, we make sure that we're yeah. thinking of the same. Hold on. Person. No, of course no. Of course we're thinking of the same. Okay. Person. Hold on. We'll do the next. We'll do the next. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Who's this? I'm Jason. All right, Jason. Uh, the last guy doesn't count because he was an ass. Uh, do you know <laughs> the Do you know the dead guy that Chris was talking about? I do. Ah, go ahead. He is Kurt Cobain. Kurt... Oh. oh yes. There. Who could have seen it coming? All right, Chris. <laughs> uh, yes, thank... Thanks for giving the guy a copy of uh, Jackass, and thanks for helping us kill a few minutes on the air. You were amusing and a good oh, sport, sir. Sweet. All right, thank you. Best, I appreciate best it. Show ever. Bye now. All right, Jason. Uh, yeah. All right, Jason, I'm going to put you on hold. You want a copy of Jackass 2.5 uh, from MTV Home Video. Thank you, sweet. sir. And, uh, Richie, will get your information off the air. All right. Thank you. All right, there you go. <laughs> Never mind. I'm just not even going <laughs> to say it. Uh, all right, here's Tim Riley. Do one more, and then we'll take a break. All righty. Well, let's do that. Uh, Apple chief executive Steve Jobs announced today that his company will start renting movies over the Internet. Apple will become a competitor with Netflix, which also shows online viewing as well as numerous other online movie rentals. According to Jobs, a new version of Apple TV will work with the iTunes movie rental service and will support high definition. Along with announcing the Internet movie rental today, he unveiled its MacBook Air, a notebook computer less than eight-tenths of an inch thick. Excellent. Comments? All right. Uh, there was a great story today. I think it was, I don't know if it was an Onion story, if it was whatever. It was like, this just in, Steve Jobs to wear black shirt and blue jeans to Macworld Expo. Uh, all right. Because that's what he wears something. Anyway. Uh, and finally, one more thing. What is it, that thing he always says at the end of every Macworld Expo? I think it's that he says, oh, and one more thing. And that's like when he then unveils the, like, you know, the whatever the big thing is. So what's the big device this year? It's This is the thing? Renting movies. Renting movies. All right. There you go. Uh, let's take a break here. Come back after this. More from Tim Riley. Uh, later on, we'll talk to Jim Roop. Uh, Jesus, what else? Oh, Snuff Watch still to get to. Darwin Watch all that. Say, there's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere.
this is actually kind of a fascinating idea. So she says, this is from Deb. She takes a bullet here. She identifies herself as living in St. John's right off the bat. Said, Rick, the latest in information technology, which is voice-to-text instant translation combined with real-time streaming, could bring the Rick Emerson show to potential fans who are deaf or hard of hearing. How fascinating would that be if we had some sort of voice recognition thing so you could go to, uh, uh, like, 970.am or something and read the show as it happened? It's almost worth trying just because it couldn't possibly work. I remember, uh, has anybody ever ever tried that, uh, like, voice recognition software? No. No. I tried it in, like, 2000. Like, eight or nine years ago, I bought some. And, of course, this will surprise no one, it was a complete failure. It didn't work at all. Because, you know, because, you know, here's the only thing. Because you have to talk like that guy from Kennewick for it to work. You have to talk like this. Are you sure? I mean, if none of us have used it. Well, that was eight years ago. So, I mean, so maybe it's come a long way. Where is it? Uh, you I can buy it. Uh, like, IBM sold it. Uh, there was a thing called Via Voice. There was a thing called Dragon Text, uh, which was, uh, you know, it came with, like, a little, like, one of those, like, Time Life operator headsets. Uh, and you would just plug it into your computer. And you would, it, it was actually kind of fascinating. Uh, it would calibrate itself. It would give you a short story to read. Uh, in, in other words, it came preloaded with a short story. So the computer knew what the short story said. It knew the text. And then you would read the short story, and then it would match your pronunciation of words to words that it already knew. Um, but even having done that a couple times, like, it still didn't work. I would speak, and the thing was completely at a loss. And I do realize that I have a somewhat rapid style of speech, so that didn't help, certainly. Uh, it's tempting to try it now, though, just to see how far it's come. Oh, totally. I'll have to look into that. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Time for Britney Watch. Fantastic. What? Britney Watch. Okay. Here's Tim Riley. Life and Style Weekly is reporting that while shopping at the Westfield Fashion Square on Sunday, Britney's tripped nude in the middle of the Betsy Johnson store. What? Really? Yes. I haven't heard that. After grabbing some dresses off the rack, Britney disappeared into a dressing room with Admin. That's the paparazzi guy. Moments later, she emerged in her birthday suit. I was blowing a blown away, said a store employee. Britney's private parts are right in front of me. <laughs> How many people can say that? Six, seven dozen tops? When the employee tried to cover Britney up, she snapped, get away from me. Don't you effing come near me. Everyone needs to see my vagina. Then she disappeared back into the dressing room with Edmund. Forty-five minutes later, the couple made their way up. Britney was mumbling something unintelligible and speaking in her British accent. Of course. I wanted to help them, the employee told Life and Style, but she was so mean I just left her alone. Wait, hold on. Back off! Back off! I like how the accent suddenly vanishes there. <laughs> but you know, I don't know what it is. I, I really can't explain why this is the case. But you know what? It's the British accent that really just makes me hate her. I don't know why. It's a whole meanness for me. Like, she's so ungrateful, and I'm tired of people feeling sorry oh, for no, her. Oh, no, she's obviously a C. No, I mean, everybody knows that. When people are like, oh, well, you know, she's just going through a hard time. Screw that girl. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I'm she's with you. She's wandering around the city Exposing taking up her, her vagina. Clothes. Totally. <laughs> what, Tim? 
No, she's just running around L.A. exposing her vagina. You know, and you're right. The world would be better without her. I just want to vagina. I just, I just want to see that voice to text thing having to translate that on the page. Exposing her vagina. Uh, no, the world would be better off without her, as would everyone. And I'm not saying that to be mean. It's, I think, a fact of this case. It is. She's taking up, um, you know, all kinds of resources. I mean, CNN's even yeah. reporting on her stupid antics. The sooner she dies, the sooner everyone can just get on with their lives. Better for her children, too. It well, be we probably uh, invaded about a half dozen countries by now and don't know it. It's true. Okay, well, this will just make everybody, this, this will just feed the fire, then. Yeah, the British accent, I don't know what it is, man. That British accent makes me want to pummel her. I don't know why. Seriously, and she's not going to go away. The only thing that she that will make her go away is for her Fire. to die. She'll never go away <laughs> unless she dies. She'll always be parading around in wedding dresses, dating paparazzi. Well, this will oh. make everyone even more irritated. This is from People Magazine. In what reads like a cautionary tale, Rosie... This is, by the way, sent to me by a British listener who's offended now. In what reads like a cautionary tale, Rosie O'Donnell... He is back in the corner of the troubled pop star. This time, O'Donnell suggests that being a paparazzi magnet could cause the 26-year-old singer to meet the same tragic fate as Princess Diana. Um, let's see. Uh, she says, I'm scared. Uh, oh, this is Brittany saying I'm scared. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell says, she will be trying to get away, but the paparazzi chase her, just like they chased her into that church yesterday. Even her last-minute folded hand prayers can't be kept a yes, secret. because it's so <laughs> special she was in church, and she was supposed to be get, trying to get custody of her goddamn children. Yeah. <sighs> uh, let's see. Um... Oh, God. Could Rosie O'Donnell be more of a drama queen? Listen to how Rosie O'Donnell... As long as she's not showing off her vagina. <laughs> I think we can all say an amen to that, Tim Riley. Um, listen to... Oh, I don't even know. Have you, know you ever read... Let me ask you this. Have, has anybody here ever spent time reading Rosie O'Donnell's blog? I'm not ashamed to admit that I have, because it's hilarious. No, I've read it once. Yeah. And I see bits and pieces of it at, from other blogs that I go to. And she writes, like, in weird haikus... Or what she thinks her haiku, and and she, I mean, she just, and it's like terror. Like everything Rosie O'Donnell writes is like bad eighth grade poetry. It's like it's like she's in a creative writing course or on a MySpace page or something. Like if she, if Rosie O'Donnell was sixteen now, she would totally have like she would call herself like Raven Rose, and she would be on MySpace, and her background would just be like black and like you know, it would just be like black and skulls and like pink razor blades, and then it would be a lot of like. She, that whole what is that thing from my whole life is one dark room that would be her uh, this is Rosie O'Donnell writing about Britney Spears with Spears having been robbed of a childhood O'Donnell asks on her behalf quote where were the sidewalk skin knees the chalk stained hands the monkey bars and past notes a Disney set is not a childhood no matter how many bright colors they use nor how cheerful the script I'd just like to take this opportunity to point out that Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears have known each other since they were like four and Christina Aguilera is happily married with a successful career and her first child who she's taking care of and quite well and seems really normal by the way yeah and it doesn't Everybody seem crazy at all Everybody else by the Disney family is doing just fine <laughs> Justin Timberlake's doing just fine yeah. No. <laughs> Ryan Gosling yeah. was another Disney kid doing just fine. Yes, indeed. This is making me very angry. I'm getting that sense. Here's Tim Riley. So now we have more here. Uh, <laughs> this is about that uh, paparazzi who gave her a ride when she got the flat tire. When her $200,000 Mercedes got that flat tire in Sunset Boulevard, she escaped the gazing eyes and camera lenses of the paparazzi by catching a ride with a fellow paparazzo. Uh, appearing on Larry King Live... Fabrizio Marialto works for X16Online.com and said after Brittany got into his vehicle, uh, they both became anxious. I calmed down and I started chatting with her 
start throwing some jokes, try to make her laugh, because she, she looked like really concerned. He was just trying to help Brittany. Uh, we talk about, first of all, the car, of course, and I asked her about the favors she needed in favor, go back in the car and try to, you know, help her. I who, who is this? Fabrizio Mariotto. A paparazzi. Who gave her a ride when she had a flat tire. Oh, this is not the guy that she's No, this bonking. is a different one. That is an ad. No. This isn't the married guy that's getting it on with her undoubtedly to split his share of the money with his wife later. Correct. All right. Well, okay. So there you go. So now and so now, people who basically just, like, passed her on the street for a few minutes can get on Larry King. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Fantastic. That's the Britney watch. All right. Uh, there's more to come, uh, undoubtedly. There's uh, your Britney watch for uh, Tuesday the Rick Emerson Show. Somebody, Sarah Dillon, ought to be writing an open letter to Britney Spears at this point. I think I'm too angry right now, and it would be too mean. <laughs> and it makes me mad that I am angry. Like, what's going on in our world? Like, we're about ready to start, you know, war with Iran, and we're sitting here getting worked up about stupid Britney Spears. We're probably already there. I mean, yeah, we could thing, be probably in the middle of the <laughs> But, I mean, really, somebody needs to just, uh, to make it clear to her once and for all that, as you said, the world is better off without her. And I would say that about very few people, relatively speaking. But I think the evidence now, I mean, let me just put it this way. The court, had, I mean, the government has already said that her children are better off without her. I mean, that was in a ruling yesterday. The court said, your kids are better off without you around. Her husband has decided he is better off without her around. Her record company is days away from announcing they are better off without her around. There is no one who benefits from Britney Spears' uh, the continued existence right now. Not even the tabloid. Why don't they put her in a USO show so she can drop her unmentionables in Iraq? <laughs> they ought stage. to. So they ought to pack her on a plane and send her to Kuwait right now. Uh, all right. Anyway. Okay, this is a little freaky. I hesitate to even say this because it's just going to be a monumental distraction. So I'm going to mention something here in the room, and then we'll see if we want to post it. We all have to agree now not to become distracted by it. Okay. I agree. Okay. So, okay, this is freaking me out. So here's the deal. When I was talking about that voice-to-text software, apparently I was wrong about this. Here's the deal. The woman who sent me this email is a court reporter. She's a court stenographer. She uses that weird little thing. That little weird typewriter with, like, five big keys. Oh, that little box you hold on your lap. That thing is fascinating. How does that thing even work? I don't know. And it makes a pleasing sound. Yeah. A subdued typing sound. So here's the deal. I guess that the deal is there is a website where you can do real-time transcription of stuff for, I guess, if deaf folks want to know what's happening on... You know, whatever. Basically, it's a private, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a private website where you can go and people can stream, you know, can transcribe things in real time on this website. So, in other words, if the presidential debates are on, but you don't have closed captioning for whatever reason, you go to this website and there's somebody who's dedicated to transcribing. You watch it. She oh, is I now. She's on me. the site right now, transcribing our show in no, real time. No, she's not. It's freaking me out. Come here and look. Okay. And then we'll decide if we can, if we want to post this online. How weird is that? Oh. So we're watching this webpage right now, and everything we said, everything we're saying is now appearing in real time on the site. Oh, my God. Oh. Isn't that freaky? Mm-hmm. So. How does she do it, though? 
she's a she's a court uh, uh, reporter. She is, she transcribes. She uses the uh, whatever that short shorthand thing. I will uh, never tell my mom about that. No, way. well that's my thing. Is I'm wondering if that's just an accident waiting to happen. I wonder. If oh, that's it just... totally is. Well, at least hopefully she gets the post delay. <laughs> oh, that's what I was thinking. No, no, she is because she's just listening to it on the air. <sighs> well, let's think about let's, Deb. Let's think about not thinking about Deb. That. If you're listening right now, uh, we met. She is. <laughs> we we met. Yes, I know you are, and she'll be transcribing this too. How ironic. Deb, we may or may not actually make that available to the public. We're gonna we'll have to think about that for a while. That seems yeah, like a so poor idea. There's so many things I've accidentally said on the air that you that wish I'm, you could take it back. Exactly, and I'm so grateful when like the like a person I'm referencing hadn't heard it. And it's not enough that it's like it lives forever in podcast form. Now it'll be live forever in transcribed form. It's good for deaf people, I suppose. Well, let's. I don't know. Let's think about. Let's that. think about it for. And I'm gonna close this window so I don't uh, just go and stare at it. Because that would be both egocentric and weird. Uh, and distracting because it's 40 seconds behind. All right. It's 503-733-2970. Here's Tim Riley on KCMD Portland. Well, all right. Uh, where is the nation's icebox? There is a legal battle being waged to answer that question. City officials in International Falls, Minnesota, say it's their town. Oh, no, it's our town, say the folks of Frazier, Colorado. They disagree on which city should be able to call itself the nation's icebox and filed suit to claim that name. International Falls City Attorney Joe Boyle said he thought this dispute was settled about 19 years ago. We already litigated this back in 1989, and they signed an agreement. We paid them $2,000, and the people's word near National Falls is good. We are the icebox of the nation legally. I don't even understand what we're talking about. Well, these, these two towns are arguing over who has the right to call themselves the nation's icebox. Is there some sort of demonstrable gain from that? I suppose in the tourist trade. Really? Kids, where shall we go? Honey, I know that vacation is nearly upon us. Where shall we go? Disneyland, Disney World, Universal Studios, Paris, Mexico? No, no, no. Let's go to the nation's icebox. You mean International Falls, Minnesota? No, I mean Fisher, Colorado. (laughs) Well, just a moment. Where did you say the other Kansas City is? Missouri? Yeah. Okay, and Kansas. All right. Do you ever wonder if people who maybe intend to go to Kansas City, Kansas, they're on Travelocity or something, and they don't pay close enough attention, and they end up in Missouri? Because how would you know? It doesn't matter. They're both next to each other. Is that true? But they're driving. Yeah, they're they're right on the border. Okay. So now is it possible? Let me ask you this. Do you suppose it's possible? Are are there other uh, jointly named cities that are far apart that you might end up in by mistake? Like there's Portland, Maine, and Portland, Oregon, but is there anything else like that? Like is there a, uh, like an Akron, Texas, and an Akron, Ohio? There's, I w- there's a McMinnville, Oregon, and McMinnville, Tennessee. See, how great would that be, though, if somebody was in, like, if they didn't know? Like, oh. if somebody was in Maine, and somebody's like, I'm, I want one ticket to McMinnville, and then they get off the plane and they're in Tennessee. Well, it, it happened recently when someone who, who lived in London was taking a plane home to Manchester and ended up in Manchester, New Hampshire, instead of Manchester, <laughs> UK. That's one. You know, the Manchester, New Hampshire is much nicer, I'm sure. I'm I, not sure about I, that. I don't know. really. the post-industrial wasteland. Is that true? Now, why? But in my head... I see Manchester as being a really upper-crust, moneyed city. Is that not true? No, it's part of the old Industrial Revolution belt in that area. Here's the thing about uh, you people, and by you people, I mean New Englanders. You have have successfully uh, pushed this image of New England being a hub of culture and, you know, a very cosmopolitan place where everybody is very posh and everybody is very upper-crust and so forth. And so it is like my brain can't register the concept of New England having any place. Like, there's no St. John's of England, uh, New England in my head. Oh, sure, there's some run-down old mill towns there. All right, but not. But Manchester is it's bad? Well, no, it's not bad. I mean, it's not uh, the Paris of New England by any means. 
It has a bunch of old mills that go up and down the river for like 15 or 20 miles, nonstop. Old brick mills, you can't tear down. By the way, I have this uh, I have this final note about the uh, about the Britney story. Mm-hmm. Rick, Tim didn't see the best part of the Britney running around the shore, the store flashing her vagina story. Here's a quote from one of the store employees. The following quote is icky, but not surprising. Her face was covered in cold sores and acne, and her scalp was really, really patchy. I wanted to help her, but she was so mean I left her alone. Then she muttered F you and left the store. Oh, my God. <laughs> End quote. Zang. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir, madam, as the case may be. Hello. Hi. How might that be transcribed? Hello. Hi. Hi. I have never turned into your station before. Oh, this is going to end well. Yes? It's not going to end well. Yeah. Because I've never heard such filth, filthy talk. Yes. And running down a girl that's got a problem is terrible. Yes. And to tell her, tell people you wish she was dead and that she'd be better off, this world would be better off without well, her. Well, no, no, that part's true. We didn't actually say that we were hoping she'd be dead. The last part is true, though, and the court agrees with us, by the way. Well, yes, but you don't ever wish that on anybody. Oh, no, no, no. Well, you, you may not. I've never listened to your station, and I think it's terrible for you to talk to people like that. Talk to who? Talk to the, the the here in Portland. Don't you think it's terrible to that Anthony makes the decision to bring two children into the world? No, well it's already you do know that Brittany. You do know that Brittany doesn't listen to us. Need a pro, You all have a problem. I think you need hold, to hold, hold the problem we have. The nature of your problem is to talk like you do. Some of the nasty words and stuff. Do you get a kick out of that? What nasty words, ma'am? Oh, you know the nasty words that you use. <laughs> Are they more nasty? Let me ask you this. I never listen with, to your station, and I don't intend to. Would you say they're more nasty or filthy? I'd say both. Really? more than, but, I love about Howard Stern, that's too. That's wonderful. Is that she's going to be listening every day for the rest totally. of her life. We need a head transplant. Maybe Bob Biller's not back yet. <laughs> I'm going to dedicate my letter to Britney Spears to that lady. That's fantastic. Well, Richie, you're, you're close. You did get a hair transplant. Richie, can we... I just, uh, Richie, can we isolate just the... Uh, I think you all need a head transplant. That's fantastic. That always stresses me out when people call and you know that they're not going to let you get your word in edgewise. Well, I, I think can't... you should contact the program director of the station. Yes. <laughs> oh, I should have told her that. Yeah, Damn it. Oh, oh, I should have given her that. I... She's still listening. Oh, yes. Yes. Please, listen. please contact the program director with your complaints. He is the appropriate. To, he is the he is the appropriate person to ask. <laughs> and the funny thing is, look, I'm not trying to trod on a caller after she's gone. I know that Brian Jennings used to yell at me about that. He would used to say, uh, "Don't, don't." Um, I have to use the. Well, I was going to say even the abbreviation sounds dirty, um, but uh, the abbreviation he would use is "don't pee on the callers." Oddly enough, even the abbreviation carries the same kind of meaning. Um, we are going to trade recipes later, though. I was going. To, we should hook her up with that Helen woman who called uh, last week. Helen was much nicer. There's sort of a yin and yang. Um, but so n- not to trot upon her. But you know the great thing and terrible thing about calls like that is that like. I think they call up and they think that they were going to be horrified or offended or whatever. But we were all so excited to talk to her that we were all just stepping on each other. Like Tim and Sarah and I. I'm sorry. Just like we all wanted the chance to talk to her. I hate it when nobody will give you specific instances and instead they just give you this blanket statement that you're a terrible person. Yes. It's like, what what positive is she doing for the world? Not that it's not true. We are terrible people. Yeah. It's not like we're actually wishing her to die. I just want her to get out of the public We're just observing that it's inevitable and we'll be better for everyone. Mm -hmm. We're all, all praying right. for it. Oh, wait, hold on. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh, I, I'm sorry if, uh, on behalf of my aunt or mom or uh, whichever one it was that just called right there. 
holy crap, you know, and and I definitely I'm I'm, gonna, I'm a nut that fall pretty far fell pretty far from the tree. Wait, now hold on, are you now are you goofing on us, or is that actually someone you know? <laughs> uh, it, that is uh, that's definitely a representation of many many such women that I that I have in my life. She is the she is the embodiment of many of your lesser relatives. No, no question. I I come from you know one of those uh, you know puritanical Christian you know extended families. Yes. You know, so I, they, that's, that's the kind of crap. In fact, you get, you always get the emails that, you know, they, I don't know how they get my address. They always end up with my address. So I end up in the, in those stupid email chains. Do you get and, the, do you get the Christmas, e- this, uh, this year was really exciting. Uh, oh, but it's, it's worse than that. It's, John it's joined the bowling of, league. Of rhetoric like that. Yeah. And, 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 what, and what they do is, the reason, I figure out the reason they do it is because they, they want to, you know, kind of, uh, it's it's like reinforcement. They want to you know raw. It's a, like a raw raw session against you know the Rick Emerson show. Well, here's the thing: is we get so few complaints on this program, and I'm not saying that like everybody loves this. I'm just saying. Oh no, for, they do. For, I'm just saying for whatever reason we don't get a lot of hate calls here. Uh, we just don't. It's just not that kind of a program. Well, I, the Rick Emerson show is a uh, is a is a loving you know warm and squishy. Well, know, and I, and show. I think because they realize that like we <laughs> we just don't we don't care. Um, <laughs> and so but so here's the thing. It was, when she called in just now, we were all so excited that someone was calling up to hate us that, like, again, we were just stepping over each other. We were just clawing, you know, trying to get to the top of the. Uh, I'm the same way. Yeah. I invite that kind of that kind of discussion at, uh, especially at family gatherings, yeah. you know, so, that, so I can just be the, uh, the just the just the the caustic, you know, acidic oil, you know, or yeah. applying their ointment. Well, better and, luck with us next time, I guess. You know, one other thing is, yeah. that, uh, you, your uh, your new buddy from Kennewick. Uh, you can uh, apparently take uh, the guy out of the Kennewick, but you can't take the Kennewick out of the guy. <laughs> it's true, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Hey. Bye now. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. I want some attention. I hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You rule. Hey, that was my wife that, that, <laughs> that was mainstreaming you. Yeah. I uh, I used to be concerned about her, but now I don't worry about any of that stuff. No, Deb, that was mainstreaming you. <laughs> yes. That was mainstreaming your you. What are you saying? <laughs> the court reporter, Deb. That's my wife. Yes. Okay. Okay. Is it what? It really is my wife. Okay, you have to quit talking this way because I can't take you seriously. Well, you guys taught me how to say wife that way. I used to say wife like normal people, but then all we right. all started saying. Wife. Oh, is that like that? Like, uh, what was I thinking the other day? A word that I've lost. Oh, you know what I can't say uh, normally. This whole show's been derailed now. You know what I can't say normally anymore is man. Ever since the man song in Trey Park and South Park, I say man, man, man. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. uh, wait. So, so Deb, the court reporter. Uh, yeah. So Deb, the court reporter, is your partner, wife, girlfriend. Yes. All right. Harder. So she now she is streaming this, no, not streaming, but she is uh, transcribing our show online as we speak. Right. It was kind of freaking me out a little. It, it is freaky. And, um, you know, she does, I wanted to tell you, she does a church on Sunday. And it's like one of these mega, ch- mega churches in the south. Uh-huh. Does that and, mean it has like a car wash attached to it? Uh, Nothing. Go ahead. Okay. Um, uh, there's just like mega, mega Christians in there. And the guy's on a microphone. Anyway, uh, she does that every Sunday. And um, what's kind of funny about that is she doesn't have to do, transcribe when they're singing. She just says singing. Uh-huh. And then she'll like go 
make her eggs or something and then come back and that's and like then, a that's like when you watch television and they're singing or music or whatever and they just put like a little music note at the bottom of the screen right. like that's that's how they represent it we had a guy call the show one time and he's i i i kind of suspected he was making it up but then he sent me some actual uh, excerpts of it his job was i i i kid you not his job was to do uh closed captioning for porn films oh nice and so there would be like the really bad you know, the water's out in our apartment. I guess we'll have to use your shower. And then it would just be like, you know, passionate moaning. So, uh, excellent. Uh, what, well, is, like, what, what is your name, Miss? Mary, but she, I just wanted to tell you this one thing. She, yes. um, They talk in tongues at this church. Of course they do. <laughs> I wish she would transcribe it, but she just has to put stocking in I wish she can say She can put insane delusional gibberish. Uh-huh. Or, I, or like they like what they do in comics when you know somebody's upset and then they put. All it's just words. like the swirly symbol and an ampersand. Uh-huh. All right, Mary. Thank you. Thanks to you. Thanks to you and Deb both for listening. All right. All right. You call me. Well, thanks to you and your wife. All right. You call us anytime. Bye now. That's wonderful. I'm sure that woman who was uh, angry as it, before is really. Uh, Anyway, never mind. I was going to make a joke. It's pointless. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. That is the greatest thing about the show, though, is no matter what you had planned for the balance of the afternoon, <laughs> it's completely done, gone, and the next two hours is talk about this woman. Yeah, she is our show prep. Yeah. Uh, for the, um, you know, if the court reporter doesn't work, my thought was to have, I'm pretty sure Garrett Morris is still alive and not doing anything. You could have him go out and just yell your show to somebody. Like the old Saturday Night Live. Gerald Ford is still dead. Exactly. All right. Excellent. All right. Now, thank you. you. Yes. Now, what's the opposite of a P1 listener then? I I don't really know actually. I don't suppose there's a. I don't know that there is any inversion of that. But I think we'll just go. What was her name, uh, Richie? Did we figure out what? Do we know what her name was? Helga. Marge. I don't know. We'll figure it. I don't know. We'll name it after her. The worst part is you've got to know she is married to somebody. Yes. So think about that guy's life when you are pissed off about yours. Seriously. <laughs> there but for the grace of, you know, common sense, go I. All right, thank you. Yeah. Bye now. All right, uh, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. So we're now taking to Texas, Stephenville, farming community, where nightfall brings clear starry skies. But a dozen people, including a pilot, a sheriff, and business owners, insist they saw a large UFO with bright lights low and fast in the sky. Some reported seeing fighter jets chasing it. People wonder, what in the world is this? It's a Bible belt, and everyone thinks it's the end of times for this Texas town. Of course. The sheriff of uh, Erath County says he witnessed this historic event. If I can find him here. Oh, here he is. I saw two red glows. They, they glowed, and then they kind of faded. They glowed again. And I kind of looked, so I thought, boy, that's just not right. You know, okay, first of all, it's funny how the Hick accent makes things that are even linguistically and grammatically correct sound wrong. Like when he says, they glowed, because that, you know what I mean? That, that sounds uh, wrong. Because uh, that, what that sounds like is when he goes, well, I learned him real good. That's exactly what it sounds like. All right. So uh, one fellow said he watched it through his rifle's telescopic lens. <laughs> of course he did. And describes it as very large. Wonderful. Without seams or nuts or bolts. The sheriff's son says he, too, saw this mysterious flying object. It looked like it was faster than a jet. Wow. All right. Uh, Rick, you should have recommended to that caller that she listened at 3 p.m. for some uplifting talk. I really didn't. There's so much I would have said if that call had lasted longer. I 
Of course it wouldn't last longer because that's the way those people are. They always just blurt out stuff and then they hang up. Yes. Because they're, she's a pansy. Old lady. <laughs> Come on. Gross them. Hi. Hi. You're on the Rick Everson Show. Hello. Oh, best You're in show a really ever. feisty mood today. First you're telling Brittany to, to end it all. Then you're telling the lady to my grow a pair. Really? All right. We read that later on? Yes. All right. Hi. Hello. Yeah. Can we get that gal to call in every day? Oh, I think... No, no, no. Her name wasn't Mary Richie. That was Mary is is Deb's girlfriend. No, no, no. We're talking. About, I don't think that woman gave her name. The crazy woman. Uh, no, really. I think we want to give her and that Helen woman from last week their own show on the weekends, and then Timmy Ryan can moderate. That'd be great. Oh, I should. Or she could do trivia. Oh, if only Timmy Ryan had been here to talk to her, that would have been uniquely interesting. All right. Thank you. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hi, Rick. Hey. Yeah, about the uh, angry woman that called in. Yes. Yeah, I wish when your relatives, I mean, that was, I would imagine, your mom, and, and I wish that you'd spend a little more time with them and introduce us to, to her. You know, that would have been nice. Wait, I'm unclear. Is this, is, now, is this, a, is this a joke of which I am the intended victim, or are you, are you trying Stuff to goof like on that, her? Rick. I'm unclear on how this joke is being structured. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm glad your mom called, you know. She's, she's staying in touch with you and, and the audience. I see. Oh, this is an amusing call because you are it. implying that she's not, in fact, a stranger, but that she might, in fact, be my mother. Oh. Therefore, your call is funny. Most assuredly. Yeah. People got mm -hmm. nutty today. How, oh, let me ask you this. Yeah. Hold on. Let me let me ask you Wait, a question. He's gonna hang on up, like right? the scale of one to ten. Uh -huh. How confident are you that you're really being funny right now? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. It's not funny because you, sir, have a, a pretty. A, I guess that's the difference between you being a radio pro and me. I I thought it was funny, but I I guess if you why are you angry? It, I mean, what's going on? Why did you feel the need to call and and be mean? Like, what are we doing? Sarah, what are you reading into this? I don't know. I mean, you're, I'm not getting your point. Are you implying was, that that woman was Rick's mom? Well, I was implying it for just a brief comedic value. Okay, just a brief comedic value, but theoretically, anyway. Yeah, if we're gonna dissect everything all the all the heck and back, then, well, then I guess I can take the humor out of it. I... But, uh, <laughs> take a chill pill. We can uh, remove all. We can I'm remove. Sorry, I've had too much coffee. The today. copious amount of humor so. that were in the your mama joke. Uh, all right, sir. Well, I'm just saying. Better luck next time. Thanks so much. Thank you, sir. All right. I don't think I'm going out on the limb here, and I hope there's no offense taken, Sarah, when I do say I think you are in a little bit of a peevish mood today. I don't I think, think I'm in the I only just, one in the room. I don't have the tolerance who, for BS today. I, was gonna say, I don't think I'm in the only one in the room who would have that assessment. But I love you guys. No, no, no. We love you too, Sarah. I'm just, I'm just making the observation. It's fine by me. I don't care. I figured I finished my letter and it's genius. <sighs> Excellent. Are you going to read it aloud? I'll have Rick read it. Maybe later in the program we can. Uh, we'll read your open letter to Britney Spears. They could arrive in that flower box. That could be one of those. Ex that could be one of those exciting viral things, Sarah, that makes its way all around the internet. I'm actually pretty proud of it. I'm saying you shouldn't give it to me. I'm saying you yourself should post it and read it. Uh, because, you know, I get all the attention. You, I mean, really, this could this could be a thing that takes off. This could be a thing that people forward to people forward to people. You know what I mean? You could be the Nigerian bank scam of 2008, Sarah. Here's Tim Riley. I hope that lady's still listening because here's the story just for her. Oprah is getting her own TV network. Well, she already had one. Doesn't she own uh, the O channel or something? There isn't. I didn't think there was an O channel. Yeah, there is. That's Oxygen. Oh, yeah, but it also says OH, whatever that means. I don't think she owns the Oxygen channel, though. Doesn't she just have, uh, doesn't her show Encore there? It might. Does, uh, Sarah, you might know this. Does Oprah own a stake in the, in the Oxygen channel? 
I really don't know. I mean, I mean, it does, don't get me wrong. It does, it makes total. I mean, I'm surprised that Oprah doesn't have her own network already. She, Oprah and Google are going to end up kind of owning everything on on Earth. Because the only thing good on the O Channel is that old lady who talks about sex on Sunday night. She is fantastic. I, I actually, never missed that. show. No, I've totally watched that show. That with the, the uh, and and some of the people. I mean, it is like no, no, it is all the people. <laughs> Not just some. <laughs> there there are many many misinformed people. Out there. Exactly. Many many. As it is it's with amazing. Loveline, as it used to be with Doctor Ruth. Doctor Ruth, dead or alive? Alive. Okay. Uh, man, I, that show is just. It is like the distillation of all human ignorance. I mean, yeah. that program is really wonderful. And you do wonder how that woman can answer all of those questions from face. morons like week after week yeah. after week without going crazy. I and mean, then she opens up the hot stuff bag full of those yeah. toys and you wonder, does she really test these out before she tests <laughs> at her age? There was, you know, you get the, so um, anyway, um, I heard from my, my boyfriend tells me if you do such and such, I'll live longer. <laughs> You've been doing such and such for so long because your boyfriend told you you'll live longer? I heard that I could use Coca-Cola as a spermicide, and I was wondering if, you know, and you're just sitting there like, like you sort, like you understand how Toby Keith happens. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, all right, here's Tim Riley. It's amazing. It really is. Uh, meanwhile, Oprah is getting her own TV network, Discovery Communications, and Winfrey announced a deal where the Discovery Health Network will be turned over to Oprah next year because, well, things have to be turned over over to Oprah eventually anyway. It'll become the Oprah Winfrey Network, or OWN. This is a cash-free transaction. It just involves them giving her something. Apparently, the focus on the channel will be a focus on Oprah's brand, which is to educate and inspire people to live the best lives they can. I wonder if anybody has investigated the possibility that Oprah is, in fact, the fabled big brother of George Orwell's 1984. You know what I mean? You're going to wake up, walk into the living room, a television screen you can't get away from, and then it's like a huge beaming face of Oprah Winfrey looking down at you. This email says from Todd the Corpse, Rick, I don't know if that one lady is actually going to call back. Considering that the next call was a lesbian whose wife infiltrates a church every Sunday, it might have actually given her an embolism and killed her. Then he says, but don't be fooled, Rick. First the gays are in our churches, then in our bedrooms. That's how they do it. All right, thank you. Uh, that is from uh, Todd the Corpse. Here's Tim Riley. A German man in the town of Gross-Gudens has been treated for serious burns after accidentally setting his apartment ablaze when he mixed up a bottle of gasoline with alcohol. The 56-year-old apparently grabbed the wrong bottle and took a swig from the gasoline. Wow, glass, wow really? Then, then spat it out when he realized his mistake. The gasoline hit a lit cigarette, sparking the fire. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. That's a... Uh, wait, hold on. Wait, where was he at? Germany? Germany. Uh, no, see, it seems like there's an out of the frying pan. Hey, now I'm on fire. Joke, there's somewhere. No, I've got nothing. Here's Tim... I have to have some coffee. Here's Tim Riley. No, right. A Central Florida man and two of his friends were kidnapped and forced to drive to different gas stations to buy beer for hours after withdrawing money from area banks. Adam Curtis said he and his friends were at an apartment complex when three young men approached him with guns. They put in a clip of his gun and showed us the bullets. Uh, we thought his forehead, uh, well, apparently the men were forced to go to a Wachovia bank and withdraw some money. Then the men were forced to travel to several different gas stations and to buy beer for these apparently underage robbers. There were times when I was thinking about jumping out of the car, and there were times I was thinking about screaming in the middle of the store, but I was concerned because there was somebody, somebody in the car with uh, somebody holding a gun to them. The culprits uh, let all these friends go after they finished all the beer uh, purchases and stole their vehicle. 
The car was later found abandoned. Do you ever think about what would happen if you were carjacked? Like, do you ever have that? It's wrong to call it like a fantasy, but like a daydream of like what, like when you're getting into your car, of what will happen if a guy suddenly appears with a gun? Hmm. Well, I have adequate protection inside my car. I was really. Well, I'm not gonna say anything. Do you have a gun? No, I don't have a gun. Are you lying now to cover the fact that you have a gun? I don't have a gun. You have mace or yeah, pepper, spray. pepper spray. Is that the protection you're referring to? Yes. Okay. Have you ever considered getting a gun? Oh, yes. When you lived in L.A.? Uh-huh. Have you ever owned a gun? No. But you've thought about it? Yes. Yeah. No, I, I moved can... to Oregon instead. No, I have to, I really have, I really do have to say that, uh, especially in my neighborhood, and by the way, now that since the tire slashing that happened on Saturday night, Sunday morning, where 15 cars on my street got hit with the slashed tires, uh, now, it, and Tim actually approached me this morning, and Tim, told, Tim said to me uh, right before the show, he says, Sarah and I have talked, and we've decided that we will help you move. So if I decide to move, Tim you actually all... brought it up. He said that he would help you. Because if you get killed, then we're forced to play best ofs until we find a replacement. <laughs> and most of those Scotty has put together, we're just not going to sit here and listen to those things day after day. The weird, the weird Skippy Max Headroom best ofs. Yes. Well, here's the thing. Is that so, the way you want to be remembered? So no. Not move. No. So my, uh, so my wife is going to be out of the country for a couple of weeks, and that is uh, going to be depleting our finances just a little bit. Uh, but uh, later in the year, it does seem entirely likely that we will... Uh, We'll just buckle down and and move somewhere else. So much across the street, much as I hate to do, or just, as you said, even just down the street, it's not really even southeast. It's a block away. It's it, here's the thing: it's not southeast Portland, and it, it really just is that uh, that place that, that is near my house. It's just that place across the street. That's that really is what. And I don't even know that it's that that place is full of felons, although it almost assuredly is. It's that I do believe. How shall I put this? I do believe that even if that place is not full of criminals, I do believe that any number of criminals come and stop by that place for five or ten minutes at a time late at night. And so I do believe that it is like some hideous porch lamp that brings felonious moths toward it. You live next to one of the scariest buildings I've ever seen. That's what I'm talking about. There's a lot of cars pull up, eight, nine minutes, idling, guy comes out with a paper bag, drives off. That's all I'm saying. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. A suspected drunk driver has shocked police in Canada by using some strange tactics to avoid a breath test. The 19-year-old man uh, drank contact lens solution and tried to eat his socks after he was stopped by an officer in Ontario. <laughs> That's wonderful. He was found sitting in his car with the lights on on the country road. He was arrested when a police officer approached the vehicle and concluded the man was drunk. The man avoided giving uh, breath samples. As the officer prepared uh, the breath test equipment, the suspect grabbed the contact lens solution in his car. He drank it. Then he ate one of his lenses and tried to eat parts of his shirt and socks. Uh, police eventually had to try to undress the man to stop him from eating all his clothes. <laughs> That's wonderful. He, he was finally subdued with pepper spray. Oh, fantastic. Uh, when he was transferred to his holding cell, the man put his head in the toilet to avoid giving a breath sample. <laughs> you really have to admit, he did go all out. He really did. He, he really gave it, the, to do. he gave it the full college try. Uh, let's see, Kathy emails and says, I would like to counter that woman's criticize, uh, criticism by thanking you profoundly for the years of creative filth you have given us, and I haven't even had a head transplant. Thank you, Kathy. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, Sarah, and Tim. It's Jesse from Red Hot Hey, what's Hello. up? How y'all doing? Well, thank you. Just gearing up for that big transplant later today. Sarah's like the enforcer today, man. She's probably got razor blades in her hair. I would say, Sarah, Sarah seems a little testy, and you were fine early on. I think it's Brittany. I think it's the Brittany story that just kind of pushed you over the edge I've into Crankville. I've today. had it. It, it really... Sarah, you don't seem like you're like in a, um, a happy crabby place. mood per se, but you're just not putting up with anybody giving yeah, anybody no, else a hard time. That's totally it. I'm not in a bad mood at all. I just... I want you on my side. Sarah's drawn a line in the sand. 
Exactly. That's what's hey, happening so today. Yes. That lady didn't give her name, but you should just call her Dan because she's the new the new she Dan. Is, yeah, whatever her name is, is the new Dan. The All new right. Dan. You know, my only complaint ever with your show, Rick, yeah. is that you're too reserved. You kind of that you're circumspect about a lot of stuff. You don't really give names. You you, know, you kind of set yourself to not be too offensive. Well, I mean, it we cracks me up when people call up and 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 say the opposite. Really, know? I mean, all things being equal, this show is pretty tame, and that's either good or a sad commentary on the world, depending on how one looks at it. Sarah will tell you, I am the first with the dump button. I am the first with the delay. I am the first to leave things out of an email or a story. I uh, I'm actually way I'm way tamer than most radio programs are. That is uh, that is sad but true. You are a good man. Hey, uh, we're playing Adante tonight. If you guys want to come down? Oh, I, will, I see. I, I see now the genesis for this. You ever want to take it You know, I, I call. I, call I, I do shamelessly whore, but uh, I call without. I love you guys. You know that. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. bye. Everyone should take a tip from Jesse because every time he calls, he always says his band name. It's true. No, he is. Uh, yeah. Relentless. That's like Aaron. Every time Aaron is anywhere in front of a camera microphone, geekinthecity.com slash door. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick, is Boba Fett. Hey, what's up? Jeez, Sarah's ready to give someone a beatdown. I am getting that sense. It is. It's nice. It kind of makes me uh, shake in the armor a little bit. I'm glad she never gets pissed off at me. I was just saying, just be glad uh, that she uses her power for good, sir. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about the, uh, you know, the, the nasty language you guys use. No, it's. I think she said it was... Not only nasty, but also filthy. Oh, yes, the yes. filthy, nasty language. Yes. You know, <laughs> worse press than a pedophile. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I didn't even know we were going to... Yeah, that's all right. Don't I had worse press than a pedophile or a murderer, and yeah. I've done nothing but charity for 20 years. Yes. Well, too bad she didn't, uh, you know, stick around and listen, and too bad she didn't have a penis watch for her either. I, really, I mean, if I'd known that call was coming, uh, there's so many things that I would have prepared. <laughs> All right, thank you. Yep. All right, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Time for a snuff watch. Fantastic. Here's your snuff watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hollywood has lost another legend. Mela Nurmi is dead. Who is she? She created the character Vampira. She passed away to sleep yesterday at the age of 86. She was born in Finland, which is now Russia. She claims to be the niece of the Finnish athlete Pavel Nurmi and began setting long-distance running records back in 1921. She went to Ohio when she was two years old and grew up in Ashtabula, one of the largest Finnish-American communities in the U.S., uh, Mela changed her name at the age of 17, and she headed west to Hollywood and handled some modeling work with pinup maestros Alberto Vargas and Man Ray. Nervy shared a similar path as struggling yet stunning actress Julie Newmar, Tina Louise, who had all posed for pinup photos in a dozen men's magazines. In 1950, she created the character of Vampira, popular with both films and as a television host. In 2006, she was a sus uh, subject of the documentary called Vampire the Movie, a documentary. She noted that her stylized character set the standard for many horror hostesses, including Elvira. And she tried. Now, I know that she sued Elvira for kind of ripping off her act, which, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, I recognize Cassandra Peterson and, and vampire, uh, vampires, Elvira as being part of the pop culture lexicon, but there really is no... There is no objective way to think that Elvira did not steal everything she does from Vampira. I mean, that's just... Right. I, there's no, and you know, in fact, and they, they have made it was it, much was made of the fact that uh, that Vampira sued Cassandra Peterson for ripping the Elvira character off. I mean, Elvira Vampira, hello. 
Uh, and, you know, the case got kicked out, but you know why that was? It's because, what's her name, a vampire, she ran out of, she just didn't have the money for the court cost. She couldn't pay her legal bills, which is why the court bounced the case out of there. Here's all the proof you, and this is, again, not a knock on Elvira, everybody's got to make a living. But here's the final proof that Elvira really was just ripped off of Vampira. They were bringing Vampira back to KHJ Television in Los Angeles. They wanted her to reprise her character. She, at the last moment, bowed out of it. Uh, and she decided not to be on camera, and that's when they hired Cassandra Peterson, who came on and created the Elvira character. I mean, the only reason they hired Cassandra Peterson is because Vampira opted out of it at the last minute. I mean, that really is sort of the proof there. Um, and, and not to beat a dead horse about this, but when you do see Ed Wood, Sarah, uh, you will see the character of Vampira depicted in that film. Uh, pretty, um, pretty. Uh, the great thing about Tim Burton is. He has a real affinity for misfits. No one paints misfits more sympathetically or beautifully than Tim Burton, and Vampire is certainly no exception. So uh, she's played by Tina Marie uh, in the movie, who's just uh, We will just be gorgeous. discussing it at bowling tonight. No, it's, yeah, I it, will watch it before that. And Aaron will be happy that you've seen it, too. He won't be at bowling. He'll be at Cloverfield. But he'll be, uh, we will all, uh, we'll all be happy that you've seen it, because it's a good film. Okay. All right. That's, uh, that's your snuff watch for uh, Tuesday on The Rick Emerson Show. I'm surprised that nobody has brought back that concept of the late night horror host or hostess. I mean, why doesn't somebody do that? It seems like that. How much could that possibly cost? Yeah. I mean, you just get a bunch of uh, bad, you know, B films or D films or public access films or you know, public domain films, and then you have uh, some, uh, you know, either a woman or a man get on there and, and do the late night hosting duties. So for a while they had Space Ghost. Space Ghost, coast to coast. Yeah. Uh, a USA network. Back when USA was it was sort of first coming out of the gate in the 80s, they had Commander USA. And Commander USA was this guy who looked just like Pat Harrington Jr., uh, Schneider from One Day at a Time. Mm -hmm. He looked just like that, except he had this red, white, and blue cape outfit. And he showed all the movies on this thing called the Super Telepsychotronic Screen, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. It was it was That's righteous. The best name ever. Oh, it was fantastic. He was and he was like he was like this low rent superhero. And in fact, here's how low rent he was. He had. It was basically like bad red pajamas, like a, a blue cape, and then his mask was actually just put on with like paint. Like his his mask was he couldn't he didn't even have like a real mask. It was like blue paint around his eyes, and then he had a cigar in his mouth all the time. And his whole thing was that he was kind of an over the hill broken down superhero. And Commander USA's groovy movies, uh, it would happen every Saturday afternoon, I think, on USA, and he would usually these terrible schlocky like low rent um, uh, horror films. Uh, and he would just he would do themes or he would show like over the course of a month I think he showed all at that time all six Friday the Thirteenth movies, um, and he would always and they had like the worst special effects where he would say and now let's uh, look over on the super telepsychotronic screen and he would look over and it was supposed to look like the wall was sort of sliding apart like to reveal the television but clearly there were just some guys on either side going like like pulling the wall apart and then he would uh, show these awful films and then. During the breaks between films, he would read fan mail, and he would show you how to make really, really trashy desserts. Like, like, uh, God, he made this one that was like, it was like Twinkies rolled in chocolate sauce, like covered in Fruit Loops or something. I mean, it's just it was the best show. And I mean, what could the budget for that possibly be? I mean, I it, it would it would cost very little to do something like that. I really am surprised that something like that doesn't exist now. Tim, you want to pitch that to somebody? 
Probably, but they wouldn't call me back. <laughs> now, I think the only local television now is news, isn't it? I guess. That's about it. I guess at one time there were all kinds of local... Pro- then everybody cut back, just like radio, local television cut back. And all they did was local news after Tim, that. you've got to do more with less now. I suppose so. So there's... Uh, so the, the, what's it? The uh, Channel 14 is gone. Yes. That was the, uh, that was the one outlet everybody had. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's... So the WB and the... The other one. What was the other one? The WB and the UPN? Yeah. yeah. They, they became the CW. Is there anything local on the CW? I don't think so. Do they even do local? Didn't they used to have some local weather chick? Like they'd get some large-bosomed girl to come on and point at a weather map? If they do, nobody talks about it anymore. I mean, that's a... you think if they did, they, somebody would be talked about it. It's I, it, it really does surprise me that that sort of thing has faded away. because Especially because you got to figure that it would be easy money. Yeah. I mean, you, just, you know, you pay some guy, stand in front of a green screen for 10 bucks an hour and introduce films that you get bargain basement prices. And then everything else, you know, all the ad money is just a pure profit. And now all they have is, you know, tons of local news that nobody's home to watch anyway, which is kind of really stupid. I was, you know, and I was thinking about that last night. I was watching the West Wing last night, as I always do. And uh, there was this whole plot development where there was, uh, I don't know, there was like some some guy got caught on camera saying something inappropriate and they were inappropriate and they were talking about how to get it on the network news so that they could influence voter turnout in some, you know, the midterm election. And I thought to myself, you know, when is the last time anybody who wasn't either you or I made a point of being home to watch political coverage at like 6 o'clock on a Wednesday? No. I mean, that just doesn't happen. Those days are just gone. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey. Yeah, Rick. Hey, I know that woman. Uh, I swear to God, that Billy Bird, um, uh, the actress. And most uh, Gen Xers will know her as uh, uh, Molly Ringwald's grandmother in the Sixteen Candles. Yes. Okay. Well done. Totally. Exactly. Bring up a clip on YouTube and play that broad back. I'm swear to God, it's her. Somebody else has said, I don't know that woman's name, but I'll guarantee you, it's either Phyllis or Irene. Really, there is a whole category of names that, that exist only for women like that. Madge. Madge and Madge is another one. Margie. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Well, uh, a New Zealander caught riding a lawnmower while drunk will appear in court. Richard Gunn was getting around town on the mower, topping speeds of up to five miles an hour when he lost his driver's license, but the 52-year-old pulled over by police in the northern town of Gargaville was uh, riding down the street. Officers say that was... Was Gargaville right next to a bunch of little mushroom houses that had the little blue inhabitants? I don't know, but Gargaville is, uh, well, you don't want to ride around uh, driving drunk in a motorcycle there. He told reporters that bicycles uh, went faster than his lawnmower. I thought it was safe. He's due to appear in court on charges of uh, careless driving, driving while disqualified, and driving with excessive alcohol. A drunken man bit a panda after his efforts to hug it at a Chinese zoo uh, were shunned by the panda. Uh, The builder was on holiday. He climbed into the panda's enclosure after drinking four jugs of beer. (laughs) He later said he just wanted to hug the panda and shake its hand, claiming he'd seen people do that on television. Oh, that's creepy. I just wanted to hug the panda. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it seemed uh, some people shouted, which startled the panda, and it rushed over and bit his leg. That he bad. tried in vain to push the panda away, but was bitten twice, once on each leg and forced to the ground, and then he decided to bite back. I bit the panda in the back. His skin was quite thick. Uh, zookeeper sprayed water on the struggling pair to break up the fight. He was taken to the hospital and given rabies and tetanus shots. Well, okay, then. 
It's 503-733-2970. This email says, Rick, America is a wonderful country, full of all races, colors, and creeds. It is the land of the free, the home of the brave, and allows us the right to own guns and have free speech. Why does Bertha McBuzzkill, or whatever her name was, hate America and everything this nation stands for? Perhaps people like that old biddy won't be happy until we live under a communist regime where you can't say anything that isn't nice and proper, and they can rule with an iron fist covered in a knitted brown and orange afghan. <laughs> Genius. That's the best email of the day. Let's do one more, and then we'll break. We'll come back uh, with uh, more of Tim Riley, Sarah Dillon's open letter to Britney Spears, and the top five. Here's uh, Tim Riley with one more uh, story. Uh, time for a clergy watch. Fantastic. Here's your clergy watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Some white salmon, which is somewhere near the Coob, I guess. The cops have reported that a visiting Jesuit priest on the assignment to St. Joseph Catholic Church in White Salmon is under investigation for alleged sexual misconduct. No. This visiting priest is Carlton Witten. He's 76. He comes from Los Gatos, California. He wants a white salmon to temporarily take the place of uh, the St. Joseph's Church, a usual priest, the Reverend Felix Rodriguez. <laughs> really? Way, yeah. Uh, the investigation was related to alleged adult pornography on a parish computer and the alleged inappropriate touching of a 17-year-old boy. According to the Reverend Robert Seiler, the chief of staff of the Catholic Archdiocese of Yakima, the allegations against the visiting priest came in light when the boy was disclosed to Rodriguez that the visiting priest had allegedly touched him in an inappropriate fashion. Allegedly. Uh, the diocese issued a toll-free telephone number to ask anyone else who may have been the victim of proper conduct <laughs> other abuse to come forward. Here's the best thing about that, that they anticipate so many calls, they actually have to set up an 800 number. Operators are standing by. <laughs> Just a whole bank of people with headsets and clipboards. This is a confidential hotline to anyone to report allegations of sexual abuse by the Catholic clergy. Now, I want you to point to the doll and tell me where he touched you. Mm -hmm. uh, so the number to call is one 276 4490 uh, when Whitman uh, came to White Salmon in November, he was scheduled to serve at St. Joseph's until January 1st. When the allegations surfaced, he was suspended from the church duties and has since left White Salmon. Well, there you go. There's your clergy watch for Tuesday. We'll be back after this with more of Tim Riley and Sarah's letter to Brittany. I gotta have this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. I know. We want to thank Greg and Canby, who uh, who just dropped off something. Are you something. the dryers? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I just have to uh, make sure that I get this label off of the side here. This is wonderful. All right. So, so Greg and Canby uh, just dropped off the coolest thing for us. Choo Choo, the only toothbrush that puts two minutes of music in your mouth. And featuring rock and roll all night from the new DVD collection by Kiss. Choo Choo, brush never rock this hard. Right here, so the Greg and Camby just dropped off a Tooth Tunes toothbrush for Sarah and I. Tim, you didn't get one? Well, no, I, I wouldn't go without my Sonicare anyway. Remember well, we were talking about how we wanted one, and Tim no, right. didn't hey. want to leave the Sonicare? Oh, no, I can understand that. Um, and the, you know, by the way, just as a side note, Sarah and I were talking about this. Is there anything more frustrating than that plastic clamshell packaging that, that consumer Ooh. goods come in? 
You know what? Uh, Lara got me the best thing for Christmas. Oh, that tool that opens it? it yeah, opens exactly. It? Yeah. I want to get one. I'm envious. Oh, no, no, no. I have that. Sarah, bu- uh, Sarah, Lara bought me uh, this pair of, uh, it's like a pair of garden shears, basically, uh-huh. but it's specifically designed to open these plastic clamshell packages that, like, your USB cable mm-hmm. or whatever comes in. Uh, so this guy brought us each a tooth tunes toothbrush. You don't slice your fingers open? Yeah. Ow, like I almost uh, did. And this, you put this in your mouth, and it plays uh, rock and roll all night, apparently. Wait, hold on. I got to take it off. It says batteries included. I got to take off this label that says "turn off water while brushing." All right. Oh crap! What just happened? I don't know. My uh, it doesn't seem to. Uh... Mine doesn't seem to be working either. Is there a thing I have does to press? Does that touch your teeth? Well, well, well you guys. Oh, it does. Well, it's guys... going. Can you hear it? Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Can you, you have hear this... it? Hold on. Yeah, but I can't tell if it's yours or mine. Hold on a second. Wait, are you going? Hold on. Wow! Oh my God! That is so weird. Hold on a second. I gotta just hold on. I have to. I have to indicate what's happening here. Okay. So the weird thing about these, I know I'm doing a big advertisement for the Tooth toothbrush now. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Here's the strange thing, though. Okay. Just. I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, no. I just gotta. I gotta demonstrate to the audience. So I'm gonna press the play button on this Tooth Tunes toothbrush. Okay. There is no sound. But then when I touch it to my teeth... Are we listening to your brain? But see, when I... How does that even work? Okay, and it says that it increases in volume the harder you brush. Wait, hold on. Well, that's good for the kids. You're not even brushing, though. But then when I take it out of my mouth, it stops playing. Oh, this is freaking me out. (laughs) Well, that's to encourage you to brush longer. It'll play for two minutes, which is as long as you're supposed to brush. Yes. How does it know that it's in my mouth? 30 and, seconds. And then I take it out and it's done. Oh, that's weirding me out. The toothbrush is alive. The toothbrush knows where it is. Mm-hmm. It's, a t- it's attained self-recognition. All right, ladies and gentlemen at the Ministry of Tooth, here's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, that's weirding me out, is Tim Riley. Well, two clavers, Hammond Rescue from Mount Hood after getting lost in wet-out conditions and waiting up the storm in a cave. No uh, cave is uh, very crucial in uh, their survival. Uh, also, the cell phone enabled uh, the search and rescue personnel to develop coordinates as to the precise location as they are located. Who knows what he was talking about? I have, no, two I guys, have no idea. These are two guys in their 20s, and they're, they're fools. Mountain locator <laughs> devices when activated emit a signal, which also enabled search and rescue personnel to pinpoint your location if uh, you do become in trouble here on Mount Hood. Well, all right. <laughs> Uh, today, a Chesapeake lawmaker plans to introduce a bill that will ban the so-called truck nuts from your truck or SUV. This nutty idea is the brainchild of Delegate Lionel Spruill. Uh, he's talking about the fake uh, testicles that people hang from the back of their vehicles. His bill would ban anything on a car or truck that looks like human genitalia. Yes, I definitely think they should be outlawed. I don't approve of that, said a local woman. Are we really? Really? Does she spend the rest of her time calling radio talk shows? Yeah, that's not vulgar. <laughs> that's funny, said one man. Uh, uh-huh. This lawmaker said that uh, these types of dangling uh, doodads are tacky, vulgar, and downright embarrassing. It has a long way to go. Before I've never heard them called dangling doodads before. Mm-hmm. That is that is different. It comes to a point where there are certain things you just can't do. And putting testicles on the back of your truck is just too much. So I'm trying to stop it. He said the idea for the bill came to him after the daughter of one of the people in this district saw a pair of testicles hanging from the back of a truck in traffic. That's when he put his bill into action. 
although he says he hasn't found anyone to co-sponsor it with him. Wow, I never really thought we'd be talking about, quote, truck nuts during the news here. But this is what we do here as journalists here uh, during the news portion of this, the Rick Emerson Show on AM 970, a news talk uh, radio station. I have only ever seen one pair of those in my life, by the way. I was coming across the Ross Island Bridge, and I saw a pair of those. And really, I do have to say this. I don't care what anybody puts in the truck, but it is it does just paint you as like the biggest buffoon. Yeah. It really does make you look like the biggest mouth breather on earth. Uh, That's why those sell so well. No, it's true. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Uh, I'm kind of excited about how Sarah's just tearing into everybody. Uh, first, uh, the, uh, what, Madge or whatever? Yeah, Irene. Her, uh, Irene. Inez, Florence. Uh, uh, wait, hold on, hold on. Blanche. Blanche. That's a good one. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll stop at Blanche. All right. And then, uh, and then, then like, your mama guy? Yeah. I'm just, I can see... Uh, you and Tim uh, kind of on eggshells that she gives you guys the eye. No, no, no. Here's, here's the thing. I wouldn't. Sarah's not in a bad mood. We were talking about this during the break. Sarah's not in a bad mood at all. But you know what Sarah's? You know what Sarah is? Sarah's in a mood to take no guff. Yeah. That's the thing about Sarah. Sarah's, and I can attest to this. Sarah is, in fact, in a perfectly pleasant mood. She's just not in a mood to deal with puny brains. I'm just. I'm, I'm excited for her to unload on Brittany and send her into the cornfield and into the, be done with her. Into the cornfield. Wait, are you doing Children of the Corn or Twilight Zone just there? I'm doing Twilight Zone. Excellent. All right, you're getting your, getting your Billy Moomy on. Well done. No, Billy, don't send me into the cornfield. All right, thank you. Thank you. Bye now. It's going to be a real good day. It's raining, and that's really good, isn't it, Billy? <laughs> no, not Billy. What is that kid's name? Anthony, I think is his name. In the... Do you know what I'm talking about? No. There's this famous Twilight Zone episode that had Billy Moomy of Lost in Space. And he was this kid who had uh, super... Uh, oh, everybody was afraid of him. Super telekinetic powers. Yeah. And the, basically the deal is the little kid who was like six could do anything just by thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And so any adult that displeased him, Billy would just look at them and glare and they would vanish into the cornfield, which I think was just they would, he would, just, they would be dead. Um, and so, and so they, the thing is, Billy liked everybody to... And I think his name was Billy or Anthony something, but he liked everything to be... Happy. He didn't like anybody to be in a bad mood. So every time he would do something, everybody would have to go. It's really good that you did that, Anthony. That's really so. Like at one point, at one point he gets in a bad mood and he kills off all of the cattle that the, that the family lives on, mm -hmm. and so he kills all of the cows in the you know out out on the out on the pasture or the ranch or whatever. And everybody has to go. It's really good that you killed all the cows, Anthony. That's really good <laughs> because they're just terrified of him. It's really a creepy episode. Billy Moomy, by the way, of Twilight Zone Lost in the Space, was one half of Barnes and Barnes, which is the singing duo that did Fish Heads. Here's Tim Riley. Fish Heads? Fish Heads, Fish Heads. Roly poly Fish Heads. Eat them up yum. <laughs> wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> when, did this show, when did this show just evolve into a series of non sequiturs today? All right, here's uh, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Uh, from Doralstown, Pennsylvania comes the word, a man who wrote a vulgar message on the memo line of a check he used to pay a $500, a $5 parking ticket has apologized in writing, leaving place to drop the disorderly conduct charge against him. Clerks were offended by the message, and the disorderly conduct charge was filed because the comment was obscene. This was a check to pay a parking ticket? Yes. What did he write? Uh, the F word. Like F U. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, the effort isn't what it used to be, said the city attorney. I don't have a sexual connotation anymore to that word, so it can't be considered obscene. Uh, the lawyer said his client felt bad about what he did and will pay the parking fine and court costs. I wish I'd known this in advance. I would have paid his parking fine and court costs. Good for him. 
Uh, an Australian teenager who threw a wild party while his parents were away could face a hefty fine after police said they might charge him with the cost of breaking it up and gathering up people who attended. More than 500 turned up at this kid's party in the city of Melbourne, and uh, some of them went on a rampage when police responded to complaints about the noise. Police cars were pelted with glass bottles, and nearby houses and gardens were vandalized. And at least 30 cops, a helicopter, and a dog squad were able to end the melee at the suburban home. I like Jeez. people who go on rampage. There's not a rampage these $18,000 in damage. And uh, this boy needs to learn a lesson. One way or another, they got to make sure that this never happens again. He's 16 years old. He told the media he has no regrets about the party because he believed inviting guests had no role in the ruckus. He said he would sure. do it again. Okay. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. I've got a picture of, of Billy Mooney looking with that look saying, you're a bad man. Yeah. You're a very bad man. And then I think at the end of that episode, there's like a guy who finally snaps and tries to get the rest of the adults to kill him. And yeah. then like Billy Mooney turns the guy into a giant jack-in-the-box in the living Jack-in-the-box. Jack yeah. And then they wish him into the cornfield. Yeah, it's the creepiest episode. Oh. It's based on a short story called, um, called uh, It's Going to Be a Good Day, I think. They put those in. They put that in the movie too. In the Twilight Zone movie that came out in like '85, um, the, uh, the 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 Vic Morrow Twilight Zone movie. Um, it was that one, the Steven Spielberg one about the old people that turn young, and then uh, that one where Vic Morrow. It's a good life. Big Jim from the Marconi Show. It, 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 hold, it held up a sign at. This is why I love working here. He just held up a sign at the window that said "It's a good life." That's the name of it. Uh, yeah, and so, um, and I think. You know who else was in that uh, in the Twilight Zone movie? All I know is that Kathleen Quinlan was in it, and she was hot as hell. Kathleen Quinlan, and then I do believe uh, the Anthony's older sister was Nancy Cartwright, who was the voice of Bart Simpson. Really? I think she's the older sister, and at the end he like take uh, doesn't he take away her mouth or something? She's complaining yeah. about him, and he takes away her mouth. Yeah, he yeah because it's because the kid is freakish. I know we're like this is like niche programming here, but in this Twilight Zone episode. The kid has the power literally to do anything just by thinking about it. And so everybody walks on eggshells around him, not mm -hmm. unlike around Sarah Dillon some days. And the sister snaps and, like, starts yelling at him, and he looks at her and glares, and then her mouth is gone. The next time they cut back to her, like, she has no mouth. It's completely effed up. Hey, one other thing. I yeah. did I did see my first pair of dangling doodads yesterday. <laughs> I want to start and... a band called the Dangling Doodads. <laughs> As fate would have it. He had a uh, Calvin Peen sticker on oh, the car as well. Of course. If you have one, you have to. It's like a log. You have to have What one. an absolute loser. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Bye now. Thank you, sir. Wonderful. Excellent. Fantastic. Yeah, that was that the Twilight Zone movie that was all notorious because Vic Morrow got his head lopped off uh, during production. I remember that. Yep. Uh, all right. Here's uh, You want to see something really scary? Here's Tim Riley. Vic Morrow? <laughs> Well, now. No, we're not, we're not going to go that far. Uh, some Oregon <laughs> lawmakers say they want to force uh, TriMet to boost security on the max. Uh, Senator Lori Mons, a Gresham Democrat, says she has drafted a plan to fund two full-time Gresham police officers to patrol the rails, as well as to increase the number of security cameras and add more fair inspectors. I have some people coming up to me and say they won't ride the max at night. I guess there's some sort of problem. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, the plan would also place uh, gates at some max stations, and you won't be able to get through unless you pay. How about that? For well, that's not good. Oh, gates or turnstiles? It says gates, but they need turnstiles, really. Well, but like turnstiles, San Francisco? but don't they just jump those? Like in New York, don't they just hop the turnstiles, the hooligans? I suppose, but in a group of people, it'd be hard to do, I suppose, if they're up high enough. This email says, Rick, wasn't there a huge judgment against John Landis uh, for that Twilight Zone accident? I'm surprised. 
I'm surprised they didn't do something to head off the lawsuit. Head off the lawsuit. Thank you, sir. Here's Tim Riley. Yeah. Pepper <laughs> Darwin watch. I have a feeling some bad stuff is about to go down. Uh, that was like a 2% joke, but it was worth it. After swallowing what San Francisco police said was a baggie full of crack cocaine during a traffic stop. Well done. They spotted the car around 4 p.m. and had no license plates. They identified the driver as a parolee and uh, performed a search of the man. They found the baggie in his pocket. Police placed the alleged drugs on the hood of the car when they attempted to handcuff the man. The man struggling was able to get the baggie back and swallow it before police put the cuffs on. Almost immediately, they realized the man was in medical distress, and they called for an ambulance. He was taken to a medical center and pronounced dead. The exact cause of death is pending. <laughs> yes, it's pending. I'm, let's, I'm sure we're going to labor for many, many days to try to figure out what that is. All right, there you go. There's your Darwin Watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, this email says, Rick, Richie is an excellent addition to the show. Had Scotty J still been, quote, manning the phones, that old hag wouldn't have gotten through and given the show so much fodder. She and Scotty would have been on the phone for hours talking about damn liberals and how much they hate Hillary. Kudos, Richie, for getting, the, uh, for getting us the calls that matter. Uh, that is Joel listening uh, in Brooklyn uh, and uh, so forth. Let's see here. Uh, all right, well, let's do one more, and then we'll break and come back on time with Jim Roop. Uh, break at the pumps and motorists, but nobody knows how long it's going to last. Gas prices in Oregon and nationwide are down slightly this week. In Oregon, the average price dropped four and a half cents. Uh, Oregon AAA says a lower price for oil and a decreased demand for gasoline. Why is there a decreased demand for gasoline all of a sudden? It apparently brought down the price, and I know I'm, everything I'm reading here is probably a lie anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, That's gas up all you can. Mindless propaganda. It is, and I'm I'm supposed to sit here and mindlessly read it? No, it will not happen here. <laughs> We will not disseminate your disinformation. No. All right. Uh, this email says, Rick, though that angry caller was ridiculous and ignorant, you do have to admire and applaud Sarah Dillon's loyalty and spunk in defending you and the program. He says, and I think he's sincere about all this, he says, I only hope my daughters grow up to have the kind of independent thinking and, dare I say, stones that Sarah Dillon has. A real man appreciates a woman going to the wall for him for no matter the cause in this day and age. Sarah, I will be very, very happy if my daughters turn out anything like you. That is the nicest thing I've ever heard. You should know, though, sir, before you uh, get all up in this, that Sarah's hair is blue today. And I'm not speaking It's not blue, it's bluish. I just accidentally put, <laughs> tried to make it a little too blonde. The best phrase, though, is when I pointed out, it doesn't look bad, by the way. It just does have a little... It really, yeah, it really does have a bluish... A little kind of tint, tint just to on, it. Just on these, like, over-processed parts. The best line, though, was when you said that you were afraid that if you did anything else to it, it was all going to fall out. So are you just going to, like, let it remain blue? Yeah. Well, good for you. Why not? I think it looks fine. I don't think anybody... It, it doesn't look bad at all. I'm fine with it. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, break. We'll come back with Jim Roop from Los Angeles. I'm sorry, from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada today. 
Uh, let's see. Coming up uh, next hour, more from Tim Riley, Sarah Dillon's open letter to Britney Spears, and uh, I don't know, some other crap if we have time for you. Stay there. It's the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. The message is Mars needs women. We interrupt this record to bring you a special bulletin. The reports of a flying saucer hovering over the city have been confirmed. Uh, Coming up here in just a few minutes, we'll have a CNN radio correspondent, James Roof, who is currently imprisoned in Las Vegas. Uh, God, that guy's got the worst year coming. He's got the OJ thing. He's got this Britney thing going on. The Writers Guild strike continues. I mean, I guess it's job security of the most horrific kind. Uh, Let's see. Uh, We have Sarah Dillon's letter to Britney Spears in just a moment. Tim Riley at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we might give away another copy of uh, Jackass 2.5 if we have uh, if we have time. Oh, and I haven't I haven't asked the magical question exactly. How illegal is this thing that I'm thinking about doing? Uh, all Do right. we know what this thing is that you're thinking about? Well, now? I brought it up sort of. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Implicitly, something a word like that. Sus- not succinctly. I've it brought it up. Well, anyway, I sort of referenced this last week. Um, I hesitate to say it now. Because we'll say it right now, it's going to kind of take over everything. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, without uh, further ado, I now give you Sarah Dillon, who is composed. Oh, is this me? Yes. Okay. Really? really? I, I feel like I'm angrier on paper. No, 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 but I feel like you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to convey this with the wit and panache that is the hallmark of Sarah Dillon. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Dillon presents this unopened letter to Britney Spears. Dear Britney, I think it's time you say goodbye. No, not to your children. You already took care of that when you locked yourself in the bathroom holding one of them hostage, didn't show up for numerous court dates to retain custody of said children, and neglected to show up in court yesterday for the last chance you had to get visitation rights. No, not your family. You cut them out long ago, along with anyone who cared about the future of your life and career, only to replace them with creepy paparazzi dudes who spend their lives following you around and making money off of taking pictures of your vagina. No, not to your career. That is long gone, along with your figure, fashion sense, sense of rhythm, see, come back at the VMAs, your personal hygiene, your hair, your fake nails, your underwear, and your sanity. No, Brittany, I think it's time that you say goodbye to your life. That is, the way you live it. What are you doing? You spend your time shopping so the paparazzi can follow you, neglecting your children, taking multiple drugs, stripping naked in stores to try on clothes, flashing your vagina, shaving your head, talking in a British accent, screaming your head off at the people who follow you around, taking your picture even though you, yes, you, Brittany, call them in advance to let them know where you are and then eventually date them. Hmm. And all around just distract us from actual problems in the world. You've become such a crazy human being that you are constantly in the news and until you remove yourself from the spotlight, it's never going to stop. Now, I'm not saying that I want you to die. In fact, I want you to get better. However, in doing that, I feel like you should get better far, far away out of the public spotlight. Go to rehab. Get your crap together. Earn your kids back. Ditch the A people that you're hanging out with who are bad for you and let people who love you back into your life. Buy some proactive. Stop wearing your wedding dress in public. Put on panties, for God's sakes. Take out your hair extensions and be one of those pretty bald ladies who wear a lot of fabulous earrings. Throw out those goddamn brown boots that you wear every single day. Move anywhere besides L.A. 
You are an adult, and being a Disney child doesn't mean anything. See Christina Aguilera. Figure out that you cause your own problems, be a grown-up, deal with it, and stop sucking up on our precious lives with the inanity of your bad decisions. Ugh. Thirty. Well done. Congratulations, Sarah Dillon. Thank you. That may be your finest work so far. And I wrote that in like seven minutes. All right. Well, because, you know why? I was because fueled by the fire. <laughs> I did have to censor it for the radio. It's better with the profanity. Uh, can people view that at SarahXDillon.com? They sure can, All Rick right, Emerson. There. That's what tripped me up because I'm like, oh, I swear a little bit. SarahXDillon.com. Uh, if you do find that message to uh, speak for you or to be pleasing in some way, please feel free to pass it on to anybody that you might... Uh, you might want to. We would like it to get to Brittany at some uh, point. At some, well, that's the thing. is, you know, It's like a six degrees of separation. Eventually, somebody will give that to somebody who will give it to Brittany. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, how you doing? What, this is what's up? I just, wanted, I, I just wanted to welcome Sarah to the dark side of death to Brittany. <laughs> Are you already there welcoming her with open arms, sir? Oh, already. I've been there for about six, eight months now. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I mean, really, there does. I don't know what it is about that British accent. That British accent that she started talking that in. That bothers you the most. That's the thing that, I mean, it's not like she wasn't deserving of our scorn and hatred before. It, that, for some reason, I don't know what it is, man. It, it, I, I, I don't know why that's the thing that is such the hot button for me, but it really is. That just drives me mental. Mark the Brit just sent me an email saying that, um, Britney's piece of me is number two on the UK singles chart. Yeah, way to go, sir. What quite a country you've got there. It's not even it's not even her though. I mean, she's an American trying to be. No, I no, I understand that. It's just it, I don't know what it is. And why is it the British accent that nutty celebrities always go for? Kathleen Turner did that at one point. Madonna, Madonna is probably the most famous example was, of that. Probably the easiest one for all of them to try and imitate. I suppose, and I wonder if it just if she thinks that it makes her look sophisticated somehow. Or if it makes her look, you know, cultured, something or other. Because no one ever goes nuts and decides to start speaking in, like, Afrikaans or something. It's always, uh, like, a weird, dumb English accent. (laughs) All right. Yeah? Anyway, Tim, great show. All right. Thank you, sir. And I'll just keep getting up my diesel and working. (laughs) All right. Thank you, sir. All right. There you go. I don't know what he said there at the end. Something about Viso. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Coming up here in just a few, we will talk to CNN radio correspondent James Roop, who is in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, speaking of... Uh, I'm not sure if I can reveal it quite yet. What? What? I told you this morning we uh, that uh, giveaway that we're going to be doing. Yeah. I thought you said we could talk about it. I don't it. know. Let me find out. We have the best... I meant to put this on my blog today. We have the single best giveaway. We have the best prize ever. Hello. Hi. Wow. Uh, hi, Dave. How are you? I'm fine. Hey, is Susan Reynolds around? Uh, let me see. Next graduate school information. Oh, by the way, that was kink we were hearing yesterday. Somebody clarified that for me. On the historic Merrillhurst campus. Oh, I gotta be kind of like Clyde. I gotta be quick. Graduate degree program. It kind of does. I gotta be quick with this. The roof's supposed to call on this. Yeah. Merrillhurst.edu. Oh, you're blocking the line. I know. Yeah. Central Oregon's premier ski resort and ski destination are teaming up for a winter wonderland of skiing and skating. I hope we can announce this. I, uh, I mean, I think it's confirmed. I think that, in fact, I think the, the promotional spots are being voiced today as we speak. Uh, I just want to make sure that, that everything is done, everything is set before I announce what this prize we're going to be giving away is. Hey, I can't find Susan. She didn't answer her page. Okay. You know, it's... it's Jim Roop is on hold. Can is, I transfer him into you? Is he really? Yes. All right. Thank you. Yes, please. Goodbye. Bye now. What happened? That's weird. 
So if, if the line is busy, does it, 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 today? it somehow kicks back to the front desk? It's for, ladies and gentlemen, let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. I'm sorry, Nevada. <laughs> Damn it. It's like the fourth time I've done that, Jim Roop. Hello, sir. I don't know where the hell I am either. That's weird. If you call that line and it's busy, I guess it does it kick you up to the front desk somehow? No, I just called the front desk. Oh, really? Okay, because it was busy? Yeah. See, used to, okay, the phone has changed then because... Yeah, apparently so, because the number I call the front desk, I used to call directly to you. And here's what, uh, I, when we're done here, let's we should make sure, because the, the, the warm line, as they call it, the guest line, has recently changed. Uh, you know how, like, when you call a, a business and they lie to you and say, our menu options have recently changed, which is a lie, uh, but our call-in number has changed. I want to make sure you get the right one, because what used to happen is... Uh, when I was on the warm line with somebody and then someone else would call in, I would get like a little call waiting beep in my ear so I knew that somebody was trying to get through. This time I guess you just uh, threw you to the front desk. All right. Um, okay, so you, you continue to be... I mean, you're just there, I guess, for at least today, tomorrow, when they resolve this O.J. Bale issue, right? Yeah, but, you know, the good news is the Nevada caucus and the debate's going on, so I'm working that also. You got that to cover. Let me, just on the OJ tip, as the young people say, what are the odds that they're going to stick to this April 7th trial day? Well, uh, I, think this, I think the odds are pretty good. Uh, that's, what, that's what's calendared on the judge. When the judge sets a date, he sets a date based on his calendar, okay, what so... he has to do. It's a she in this case. But, you know, I, I think... I think there's a good chance O.J. Simpson will have to stay in jail, um, either whether he whether it's proven he violated his bail conditions or not. I, I don't think anyone's going to come forward to be a bail bondsman for him anymore. <laughs> well, no. I honestly believe that no one's going to do that. Well, because a he seems the very definition of a flight risk. Uh, B now that I say that, I wonder whatever happened to Al Cowlings. Where is that guy? That's a good question. I have no idea. That's an interesting question, actually. I wonder where he ever went to. Um, see, we were talking about this early on. I imagine how unnerving it must have been to be that bail bondsman who, like, lures him into the car, and then you're in a, a, you know, a closed, locked automobile a foot and a half away from a guy who, at the very least, was believed by many to have stabbed two people to death, and you have to then say to him, oh, by the way, Juice, I'm taking you to jail. Well, it's a bail bondsman you're talking about. You know, it's like a repo man. I'm sure these. I'm sure he's packing number one, uh, and I, I, I don't think he was afraid. He didn't seem afraid to me. I guess he did have sort of a rough edge to him when I heard him interviewed. Yeah, I'm surprised. I laid this joke out there earlier to see if anybody would take it, and I haven't seen it pop up yet. I now give the joke to you, Jim Roop, that no one has done the juice in the can. Joke. Oh, yeah, yeah, we have. Oh, you have? Okay, excellent. All right. Just yeah. wanted to make sure that that had been checked off the list of things oh, to absolutely. say. absolutely, yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> All right, uh, so you guys got the, uh, you guys, when, when is the Nevada caucus actually happening? Saturday. Since Saturday? Today's oh. the Democratic debate, and the caucus is actually on Saturday. All right. And there's all kinds of weird stuff going on with this, because they have nine little mini caucuses uh, around, scattered around hotels and, and uh and, and casinos and the culinary workers union are backing Obama. So the teachers union, who's backing uh, Clinton, is saying that that's unconstitutional to have these little mini caucuses around. Uh, but meanwhile, those rules were set last year before you know when they were deciding what the rules would be. It's a very strange state. This uh, this wonderful state we call Nevada. So how many folks are going to? Because I think the, the Iowa caucus is like two hundred thousand people or something. Mm -hmm. How many people do are going to be in this Nevada caucus? Fifteen. Because. Because 15 people. Um, because everybody, I mean, this year it does seem like even things that you normally wouldn't care about all that much or things that would not get that much media heat, 
It's like this this presidential uh, contest is already so hotly disputed and being fought over. I mean, the, the stakes are so high yeah. that like the magnifying glass is on everything. Yeah, well, this this is a big one, you know. I mean, it, because you have to. Uh, what my big concern is that we had uh, this. We have a, the potential of having this country run by two families over several years. You know, the the Bushes and now the Clintons. I mean, first it was. It was uh, the older Bush, and it was uh, Bill Clinton. Now it's the younger Bush. Now it could be Hillary Clinton. That's not American. That's European. I uh, you know? I, I read a story a while back, actually, and I think they subsequently updated it, because for a while they said Bush and Dole, but I think now it's Bush, Dole, and Clinton, that I think the last time, I may be wrong about this, but I think the story said the last time there was not a Bush, Dole, or Clinton on the ticket was, I mean, it would look like 1976 or something. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, it really is, you know, it, it really does reek of dynasty. You're That's right about that. That scares me the most about this whole thing. I mean, yeah. I, you almost want to vote for Kucinich just to get, it's just a clean house. Just to see, well, that's, I mean, that was watching the, uh, I was watching that documentary, The War Room, the other night, which is about the 92 uh, presidential run of Bill Clinton. And, you know, they, they, everybody kind of forgets about, speaking of where did he go, everybody kind of forgets about Ross Perot. Mm -hmm. And people forget that Perot, I think, in the general election polled like 19%, 21%, something like that. Yeah, he did really well. I mean, he did, and you know why? And I actually, um, you know, a good, a good friend of mine at the time voted for Perot, and it was it was a whole lot of like, you know, stick it to the system. I mean, that was that was it was well, that, that was Perot's ticket basically. Remember those pie charts? I mean, yeah. come on. Oh, <laughs> the pie, now what I got here is I'm doing the bad Perot accent that everybody does, but yeah, pointing at these. Yeah. I mean, that that election was fantastic because on the one side you had Perot who was just pointing at a bunch of graphs on the debate, and then you had. Uh, Jerry Brown, I think it was, who was constantly trying to spit out this 1-800 number for his campaign donations uh, during the debates. And then you had Admiral Stockdale, uh, you know. Oh, man, now you're right. That was when Stockdale was the big one. Who am I? Why am I here? Gridlock! You know, and just, I mean, God love him, but he didn't seem like he was... He had an advanced cane of, a case of the John McCain syndrome where he didn't always seem as though he knew where he was. Um, I mean, that was really a bizarre time, and Perot was the living embodiment of that throw-the-bums-out mentality. Yeah. So, and it remains to be seen if that's going to work in somebody's... Well, that's, that's, that's Kucinich without the personality. I, <laughs> I mean, seriously. No. He's, he's kind of saying the same thing. Oh, no, you're right. Well, I mean, there's Kucinich, and then, of course, there's his Republican equivalent, Ron Paul. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, of course, you know, the, uh, poor, I will tell you this, Portland, Oregon is a hotbed of support for both Dennis Kucinich and Ron Paul. Uh, you see Ron Paul and Kucinich stuff all over Portland, not in the outlying areas of Oregon, but in, in Portland proper. Well, he's getting a lot of Ron Paul's getting a lot of play here in Nevada. Too. Oh yeah. Well, and, and to, to be fair, I mean, as much as I knock Ron Paul and his supporters for being a little crazy, uh, he has generated just an s load of money. I mean, just a truckload of money. Like vastly, Ron Paul has raised money. It's, it's vastly disproportionate to his support. You know. Hey, what's he do with all that if, when he doesn't? When things fall flat? I, you know, I've actually wondered that too. And then I've actually wondered that if you donate something to a political campaign, and he then either... I mean, is it conceivable that you would donate money to a political campaign who would then not be able to spend it all? Like, if there's money left over... Yeah, if there's money left over in the Ron Paul for president thing, like, where does it go? What happens to it? See, because you got to budget it. If he does become the candidate, he's going to need more. And he's got to... And here's the other question. I mean, I guess he doesn't have to declare that his income as such, because it's not going to him personally. But, I mean, is it taxed in some way if he doesn't use it? These are all things I don't know, but that, that now I'm going to wonder about. We should find out. See, this is the sort of thing that I'm going to sit there and I'm going to watch CNN and I'm hoping that Candy Crowley answers some of my questions. Hey, what are you doing with all that money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, especially Ron Paul, who I think, 
Yeah, a couple a couple weeks ago, he raised Jesus, and it was some like it was like, I don't know, it was, it was like two million dollars or something in one day, some some insane amount of money. Good. So I mean, really, he is the he really is the walking proof of of you know what can happen if you've got a bunch of well uh, well organized nutcases on the internet. You know what I mean? Wow. Uh, he's you know the, sort of the descendants of uh, of Howard Dean in many ways. <laughs> All right, my friend. Uh, well, uh, I guess buckle down and make it through as best you can for the next couple of days. We're gonna do our best. I'm 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 looking forward to tomorrow just for this hearing. You know. Oh, it's I gonna. Just, be, I'm now, gonna get the hell out of here. Are they gonna play that audio tape of OJ like trying to get the message with the guy and saying MF or this? And, uh, you know, they're, they're gonna have to because uh, uh, OJ's lawyer saying, you know, this 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 is uh, this is bogus. This is not true. So they're gonna have to produce that audio tape. They're gonna have to play it. So the judge goes, What do you mean that's not true? I meant to ask you this, by the way. So you're there in Nevada for the OJ thing, but would, if you had not been there, were they going to stick you off to the, at this weird Golden Globes press conference the other yeah, night? Yeah, that's, that's where I was going to be until Sunday morning. They said change of plan. I do have to say it's the best Golden Globes ceremony I've ever seen in my life. Now, isn't that what I've been talking about for years? It was wonderful. We can do this thing in a half hour. Exactly. It's like they don't even. I don't get to go. And of course, because none of the actors or celebrities or winners were even there, so what they would do is, and the winner is, you know, Ted Danson, and they just show like a file photo of Ted Danson, like they do when a guy's reporting from Kuwait. Ask me a beer. Yeah, and then and then they go, you know, and then there's like a bunch of journalists who climb, and then bam, right on to the next award. It was it was wonderful. It, I, I'm bummed out because it's kind of it was kind of historic, and it was what I've been talking about for years, and and I can't I couldn't go because it is moron up here without a filter between his brain and his mouth. <laughs> well, damn it, that's the real tragedy here, Jim, is that O.J. Simpson is ruining your life. That's true, but he's also keeping me employed. So you know, it's one of those double-edged sword things. O.J. <laughs> Did you really just refer to O.J. Simpson as a double-edged sword? Yeah. <laughs> and as it was coming out, I'm going, oh, I knew it. <laughs> no, no, no. On this program, things like that are hailed as works of small genius. Okay. All right, Jim. Enjoy, I had it planned. Enjoy your day, brother. Thank you. Here you go. O.J. Simpson really is the double-edged sword. Zang. Oh, man. That's wonderful. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um... Well, let's break a little early, shall we? We'll break. We'll come back with uh, Tim Riley. And I'm going to go pop upstairs and see if I can mention this fantastic giveaway we're going to be doing. Uh, and uh, I don't know, some other things for the top of the air. You stay there. It's 503-733-2970. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. So I went to the Hanna-Barbera page, which is warnerbrothers.com slash Hanna-Barbera. I was there hoping to find, like, a library of Hanna-Barbera sound effects, because they fascinate me. And A, there is no... I think they must know that people want those, and so they're going to make you buy them. Because didn't they used to sell that? A box set. A box set of just Hanna-Barbera sound effects? Mm-hmm. Let's just see if I can buy that somewhere. Um, anyway, it, it, so... But I'm looking at HannahBarbera.com, and the menu options are Saturday morning, downloads, shop, mobile phone, and then I swear to you, there's a section of the Hanna-Barbera page called Junk in Our Trunk, which is just a little That's where That seems totally someone, inappropriate. Someone in the conference room didn't quite. That's like when McDonald's had that I'd hit it campaign. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Um... 
I thought Richie was going to answer this. Dave's in? Yes. Hi. Uh, I've got a listener calling wondering about the podcast. Oh, when yeah. they're going to be updated. Wait, hold on a second. St can you stay right there? Sure. All right, hold on. Um, uh, let's see. I, I, of course, I removed this. Now, why is my Richie Bristol sounder not the... Why does it say paper? It's called Sex Panther. Richie. Oh, this is entirely the wrong one. There we go. It's called Sex Panther. Oh, Richie. By Odeon. Bristol. Uh, what is up with the podcast today? Uh, Logger hasn't been on. We're missing about, I don't know, half an hour of audio. It just came on, and I loaded one and two up already. All right, so Dave's oh, so in. people are going to miss our show? Well, they're going to miss, like, 20, Are they going to hear Angry Blanche? Uh, I don't know when that was. Oh. Are, are they going to hear my that was right around Britney Spears? Yes. No, that was, uh, she called right around 1 o'clock. No, it was right at the beginning. I mean, after, I think it was, like, 20 minutes. So ahead. they're going to miss the opening 20 minutes of the show. Well, that's unfortunate. Well, Richie. Yeah. We can't all live in the Portland metro area, okay? Oh. It's not. I, in, to, in fairness, I don't believe it's Richie's fault. No, oh, okay. been down all morning. Yeah, I think that is uh, everybody in the uh, all the stations here have had have been denied access to their audio logs today. And they don't have half hour. Yeah. For, forgive me, Richie. All right. Thank you, Dave Zinn. Bye. All right. There you, you can go. buy Hanna-Barbera cartoon sound effects now for $16.75 plus $3.45. Is it on uh, eBay? eBay. All right. Excellent. It's 503-733-2970, the Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. So there are two of them on there, one for 15 and one for 40. Excellent. I am all over that. Let's see here. They accept PayPal. And this is the uh, whole assortment of sound effects. Does That's it say now? Th th here's an interesting question about that. Does it does it describe the sound effects? It In other words, what would the track the listing effects. say on a Hanna Barbera sound effect CD? What would the track listing say? Mm -hmm. I'm looking here to see if it describes it. Well, there's a picture of Fred Flintstone on the box. It says artist sound effects format CD genre children. But there's it, like it doesn't list what each effect is. No, that's that, interesting. Because let me look here. Oh, it that's it begs it. the question: like, how do they in house at Hanna Barbera? Mm -hmm. How do they describe it? That's a good question. I mean, I guess there's the running oh, away. Oh, here we go. I have them. Okay, I have uh, 97 of these. They include uh, the top 10 sound effects. Okay, now, are you able to play these? No, you can't play them. Oh, that's unfortunate. But ask it, uh, which one were you interested in? I'll look it up. I don't know. Here's the thing. Can, uh, oh, wait, but you can't play Walking them, feet. Mind up and zip. This is so unsatisfying without being able to play any yeah. audio samples. Uh, let's see. Hold on. You know where? Yeah, I'm going to look here. Can't believe we're looking up Hanna-Barbera sound effects in real time oh, on I can. eBay. Uh, <laughs> actually, so can I. That is kind Whisker of... Whisker pluck. What? Whisker pluck. Oh, that's a... Okay, wait. Hold on. We're Scrambling feet. Hold on. Wait a second. Ladies and gentlemen, we now lift the curtain on worst radio segment ever. Okay, you give me the name of a Hanna-Barbera sound effect, Tim, and I will attempt to replicate it uh, verbally. Sweet thunk. Well, I don't even know what that is, so I can't do that one. Go back to one of the other ones. Uh, falling object whistle. Well, that's a... <whistles> Bonks and clonks. That's where they want that, that one, and it does sound just like that. that and it's like a frying pan. Uh -huh. There's that one that I do believe... Is the sound of a rubber ball being bounced off the bottom of a frying pan? Maybe it's that ping, or is it the ratchet? Wow. This must be either really good or really terrible to everybody listening. Yeah, this is terrible. Let's move along here. <laughs> I like how we've just, we've made the instant straw poll vote. No, it's 
Wait, sources point to terrible. Well, it's on there anyway. All right. Okay. Well, we have uh, the story of men arrested if we try to give stolen donuts to cops. This happened in Roseburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, two men dressed as cowboys approached deputies and asked them if they wanted some donuts. The deputies declined and the men walked away. About an hour later, deputies got a call to a store where somebody had stolen $900 in donuts, cigarettes, and chewing tobacco. Their boot prints from their cowboy boots in the mud made it easier for them to trace. Deputies found the cowboys waiting at the bus station in Roseburg to leave town with most of the stolen merchandise still in their backpacks. Wayne, hold on. Okay, guess what I found here. He didn't listen to that. No, 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 I heard it. Tobacco. Footprints. Backpacks. Donuts. <laughs> it's like one of those speed readers where you, just read, you read the first word and the last word of a sentence, then you kind of bluff your way through the rest. Okay, I have found the Hanna-Barbera uh, treasury of sound effects here. Now let's... 1675. Okay, wait, hold on. Okay. I do believe I will be able to... Uh... Okay, do you realize they have the sound effect of the Great Gazoo materializing here? God, I love this country. Mm. And the Internet. All right, hold on. So this, I think... Might be a little medley. This is a montage of Hanna Barbera's uh, top. Now that's more like it. Fred Flintstone here presenting the Hanna Barbera all time top 10 favorite sound effects for your dining and dancing pleasure. That doesn't sound like So without it. further ado, here's number 10. <laughs> okay, wait, that was the sound of Muttley. That's Muttley the dog. Oh, God, I'm retarded. Is this what I've spent my life doing? Yes. Oh, God, it's all coming home to me in stark relief. I've wasted my entire life. Oh, Jesus Christ. There are worse things to be doing. No, there aren't. I mean, a genocide, I suppose. Jesus, God, what have I spent 35 years doing? Wow. Nothing wrong with that. I didn't even hesitate. I knew that, like, immediately. Mm -hmm. Oh, how sad for me. All right. That's Muttley the dog. Let's see if I... If you guessed it was that flea-bitten mutt Muttley biting Dick Dastardly on the butt, give yourself a hand! Oh, and then weep uncontrollably at the wreck that is your life. That's not the real Fred Flintstone. That's the guy who does McGruff probably now, too. Now, sadly, these are only samples, uh, so we're not able to... um... Oh, this ship's from Vancouver, Washington. Really? So I can have it, like, tomorrow? If you want to pay $40, but you can get the same one for 15 at the other one. Wait, hold on. Here we go. Here's another one. What's this sound, Tim? That's hitting somebody over the head. Yeah, but who is doing it? That's a, that's character-specific. Character-specific. I'll play it again. Sarah, you don't find this interesting, but people do. I know. You guys do your thing. Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't want to play again. Oh, my computer's frozen now. Darn it. <laughs> Maybe it's a slide No, this is, this is genius. See all 97 tracks. Oh, why is my computer frozen now that I'm trying to play this Hanna-Barbera sound effect again? Sarah's implying that Jesus is trying to tell no. me something. No. This is put out by Kid Rhino. Yeah. All right, wait, hold on. Let's try this again. All right, I'm going to play this one more time, Tim. This is a character-specific noggin clonk. Is that like El Caban? It's not El Caban. That is uh, Yogi Bear. Oh. All right, let's try another one, Tim. I was never a big fan. I'm going to buy this, and we're going to go through all 97 of these on the air. Here's another one. I think this is that front... That's the one I'm talking about. That's, oh, that's, that's a frying pan. That's a frying pan. Clank. Oh, yep. Yeah, I think that's when Fred Flintstone gets hit on the head with something. Mm-hmm. What was the other one you talked about? The whisker pluck? Yeah. Okay, here we go. This is the whisker pluck from Hanna-Barbera, ladies and gentlemen. Being streamed to me in real time from Amazon. <laughs> See? Okay, here's what I find fascinating. 
and I know that I speak for everybody in the world but Sarah when I say this. I find this fascinating because what is that? Really, honestly, how, what what in the hell is that in real? Here they say it's a whisker pluck. Mm-hmm. In real, in real, the real world though, like what did they do to make that? I don't know. Seriously. You've been really analyzing, like, sounds and how they're made lately. The CBS Breaking News Center, I had the same thing. But, I mean, do you have any, and I don't know the answer, do you have any idea what this might actually be? No. I mean, I'm trying, I'm going, I'm going through, like, every object in the world that I know the sound of in my head, and I can't come up with what that would really be. Yeah, I just got nothing. It's a trombone? No, 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 but, you know, here's, here's, listen to this, though. Okay, here's one that says this is tromboing. I don't know what that means. This uh, claims to be trom trom tromboing, 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 T R O M B O I N G. Okay, see, okay, that must be a spring and like a that's a spring and a trombone hit, right? That's okay. That one's easy. That's just a spring held up to a microphone. Does anybody in the, in the does anybody in the audience find this interesting? Do you suppose? Yes. Okay, because I, cause I think we we all grew up with these. Are you? Are, is that a little sass right there? No, yes. Okay, how about this? Here's another one. This is. Uh, do you know what this sound is, Tim Riley from the Hanna Barbera world? Uh, yeah. That would be by a record, though. You can hear yeah. that. I think it's either that or maybe reel-to-reel tape. It's a piece of reel-to-reel tape audio being slowed down by hand. That is the sound of what, Tim Riley, in the Hanna-Barbera world? I don't know. I don't recognize that one. All right. I'm not even going to tell you. I'm just going to leave you wondering. Oh. All right. Let's do one more, and then we'll do some actual news here. Okay. Here we go. This is uh, one more. Uh, this is uh, this is one you'll recognize, Tim. That's running. Okay. Now, that's got to be, like, what, like, bongo drums or something? Yeah. That, that is has bongo to be. Drum. That has that to be. That is bongo Okay. Drum. That is? Mm-hmm. Now, see, that's only half the sound effect, though. Because you know what always comes after that? That is the that they always end this the with the exactly with the. This is either really great or really terrible. I really don't know. This is like when Bob Dylan recorded Self Portrait and no one knew if it was genius or awful. That was awful. I think this is genius. Uh, all right. Yeah, this is always accompanied by that little. Pow! That's like when Fred runs in place for a second and then like runs off camera, yeah. right? Yeah. All right. What do you want? What do you What do you think these people are calling about? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Sorry, I was on speaker at work. Uh, I have this. It's a three D three CD set. Uh huh. And it comes with all the theme songs and all the sound effects, and they're all listed. Uh-huh. And sp- I think that's spend no money. I will bring it in to you. Well, you don't you don't need to do that, sir. I, no, uh, no, I, no I, I couldn't. I couldn't uh, even well, even not bar- give you, but somebody you know legally distinct could burn it. Uh, I wouldn't know anything about uh, that. Well, uh, that if, would be a, an infringement on copywriting law. Yes, and CBS re- respects copyright law. But if you wish to bring it by at some point so that I may listen to it uh, in the privacy of my office and in no way duplicate it, that would be fantastic. Of course. Excellent. God bless you. So what's your name? Thatcher. All right. Hey, what? What's your name? Thatcher. Is it Margaret? Oh, Thatcher. Okay. Yes. Uh, excellent. Thatcher, I appreciate it. Are you, uh, are you spreading the word about this very fine radio program? Constantly. All right. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, please uh, drop that off, and I'll listen to it without duplicating it. All right. Tim Riley's God. Thank you. All right. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick. Hi. 
when you were playing that sound, I was on hold. I imagine people all over the city listening to it going. Exactly. See, it's your brain wants to do the at the end. Like you can't. You know what it is? Here's the thing. It's like this is exactly what it's like. It's like a da 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 da. Boom boom. Yeah. See, you have to do it. You can't not finish it, right? right. And so when you hear the. God, we're nerds. All right. Yes. But. The noise before that, the boing. Wait, hold on. Let me. Uh, this is the uh, uh, right here. This was the one you're. Uh, this is the one you're referring to. That? No, the one before that you did. Wow. Okay, hold on. One more. Boy, it'll be great when I have it was the one in. you guys didn't have a clue about oh, how it was made. Yeah. That one. I think that's. A, no, that's a spring. <laughs> okay, wait. One more. This might be the one you're talking about. Wow. Yeah, that okay. That sounds like a string from a string instrument being plucked while it's being the motorhead by the key is being turned. Really, honestly, so you're you... getting that point. It's going, and, and it's, it has to be a thin string because there's a little bit of vibration in there. A short string wouldn't vibrate long oh, enough. God. So oh God! Oh God! You know what's string. happening now? Wait, hold on. You know what we've started? We've started some weird inverse mystery sound. <laughs> yes, you have. Where I this is we have started some horrible mystery sound, but like inside itself where i have started by giving you what the noise is yeah. and now we just don't know how it's made exactly so you believe it is the string of let's say a piano well something no maybe more i mean it's a, a long wire a long wire on let's say a, pitch, a guitar it... being plucked while the tuning peg is being turned yeah oh wow now that's going to that's just going to freak me out all day. Of course, now that now, now people aren't going, Pew, they're going, oh, no, not guess the noise game again. All right. Thank you, sir. Bye. Here's Tim Riley. i got a better idea. Let's take a Winston break. That's yeah. It. Winston is the one filter cigarette that delivers flavor 20 times a pack. Winston's <laughs> got that filter blend. Yeah, Fred. Filter blend makes the big taste difference, and only Winston has it up front where it counts. Here, ahead of the pure white filters, Winston packs rich tobaccos specially selected and specially processed for good flavor in filter smoking. Yeah, Barney, Winston tastes good like a cigarette. It's a living! All right. Uh, hey, did you ever notice this on the Flintstones? First of all, let me ask you this, Tim Riley. I'm, yes. not, to, I'm not trying to start a whole thing here, no. and maybe others have wondered about this. Okay, so... Betty and Wilma are homemakers, as is their place. Yeah. Fred works at the quarry for Mr. Slate. Mm. What does Barney do? I thought he works at the quarry also. See, I don't think that's true, though. Sarah, is this like another Gilligan's Island thing where you've never watched the Flintstones? What? Yeah. <laughs> you you know what you just were? You were just that girl from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. What? <laughs> no, of course I watched the Flintstones. Okay, what did what did Barney Rubble do for a living? I thought he worked with Fred. That's See, life, I think we're all thinking that, but I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all, because in the opening credits, don't they only show Fred going to the quarry? I believe so. Wouldn't he logically go to the quarry with Barney? Unless Barney's more higher up than he is. <laughs> Barney, Barney's, uh, Barney's upper management at the quarry? Oh, I haven't heard this forever. Fred worked with, uh, Barney worked with Fred at the concrete pit. I, where are you getting Rock that from? Company. From Wiki Answers. Mm, I call BS on that. I'll look again. 
I call BS on that because at one point, wasn't there an episode where Barney got a job there because it turned out he was Mr. Slate's nephew? How could he get a job there if, if he was already employed there? Barney isn't even indicated in the opening credits. Well, see, he's the end of rest. He's the, uh, he's the ginger and Marianne or the uh, Marianne. <laughs> All right, Barney, this is from Yahoo Answers. Barney originally worked for a rival of Fred's rock quarry called the Pebble Rock and Gravel Company. Over the course of the series, Barney switched jobs and found work at the at the rock quarry with Fred. Okay, so they, so he did transition. You know the weird thing about the Flintstones? The Flintstones had show continuity, which is sort of strange. Because, you know, at one point they had the baby, mm-hmm. and there was actually a whole series of episodes leading up to it where Wilma was pregnant. I mean, it's kind of it was kind of forward thinking for its time. Yes. Uh, they never used the word pregnant. I think they just said she was going to have a baby. I don't remember that. You don't remember that? No. And there was a whole series of episodes. There was an episode where Fred rehearsed the drive to the hospital over and over with Barney dressed in a, like wearing a shawl. Like Barney put Barney put a shawl over his head and pretended to be Wilma, and Fred did practice runs to the hospital. I do remember it was sponsored by Welch's grape juice and always showed Pebbles drinking the Welch's grape juice. That's right. And then when Wilma was actually getting ready to go into labor, which they didn't say, but Wilma said, hey, it's time for the baby, Fred. Uh, he then, because he had been practicing the run to the hospital with Barney, he then, of course, out of habit, put Barney in the car and drove Barney to the hospital. And the cop pulls them over and says, where's, you know, what's what's the big hurry? You're speeding. And Fred says, my wife is about to have a baby. And then they cut to the, the camera cuts to Barney wearing the shawl. And so, like, it looks as though Fred has the ugliest wife on earth. Wow, I'm glad we did this. Are you really? I feel better that we did, yes. Sometimes I really can't tell when you're just screwing with me. <laughs> well, seriously, I'm pleased that we did this. Do you have more news? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not for now. <laughs> Excellent. What did you think the answer was? I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest newsman in the history of the world. Back at four, five, six, and seven, top of the hour, all the way through, like us. That's wonderful. Sometimes uh, they don't know what's funny, but it always is. <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, I've got calls. Should we break first? Yeah. You decide, producer. <laughs> Let's just take the calls. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Yeah, hi. It's it's the uh, spinner from the Game of Life. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, is that the extent of... Okay. Yeah, thanks. Thanks I so much. I think so. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. It's actually a violin string. This? This is... That's it. Yeah. It's a violin string. Just plucked very close and very tight with the microphone? It's... it's yeah. Actually, it's it's plucked not strong. Or, okay. You know, here's, here's my question to you. Now, are you a violinist? Uh, been around them, yeah. All right. So my question is, now this is fascinating. My Okay, wait. I sense a whole ongoing bit here. If we had someone with a violin, could that sound effect be recreated live in the studio? Probably so. Probably so because it's a... We, well, I don't, you know, back then uh, the now mics we don't are know. different than they are now. Uh-huh. So you'd have to get a mic that was... Back in that age. But, I mean, do you think an approximation of this sound could could be made? Oh, yes, I'm sure it could be. Oh, this... oh yeah, it could be duplicated. Okay, this is fantastic. But this it would be a fantastic. challenge to your geek fest out there. Come on. Okay, thank you for calling. We appreciate it. Hey, Sarah, do yeah. you not sense the beginning of a fantastic viral video? 
of people recreating, like a, like you get a bunch of people in a room and they go around the room recreating Hanna-Barbera sound effects live. Have you checked the YouTube to see if somebody's already done that? No, but I mean, you know what it is? It's like when that jazz choir sang the Super Mario Brothers theme. Have you seen that? Yeah. Where they're all, ba, 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 ba. There's also a thing where, this is great, there's actually a thing where a high school music class, uh, the uh, hip-hop heads in the audience will know what I'm talking about here. This is a high school music class, and they recreate the opening track from DJ Shadow's album, Introducing, which is a turntable lab. It's a whole album made out of turntable noise. But there's a band that recreates it live on real instruments. It's fascinating. Have you ever heard of Kids Bop? I was over at my friend's house oh, yeah. this weekend. Where all the kids are singing all the hits of today. Oh, yeah. It's the cutest thing ever. Uh, and horrifying. It uh, is kind of scary. I have the Kids Bop Christmas record, actually. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's do these, and then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Rick, good afternoon. What's up? I was playing Trivial Pursuit about a zillion years ago, and the question came up, what was Barney's occupation? Uh-huh. And after... Before flipping the card over, I couldn't think of, uh, kept thinking of, of uh, maybe a quarry mate and all that. And uh, after I flipped it over, it said he didn't have an occupation. He was just Fred's friend. And that was the answer. Now, was this actually Trivial Pursuit or like a knockoff game? Uh, no, it was actually tri- Trivial Pursuit. I was huh. too stoned at the time or I'd have written them and asked them what the hell they were talking well, about. Well, I do have to say this. Uh, Trivial Pursuit uh, does, in fact, have a, a pretty sordid history of being wrong sometimes. Like the Seinfeld episode with the moops? Please do explain. When um, George wins the game of Trivial Pursuit because the answer was the Moors, but um, oh, really? the guy guessed Moors and it was actually Moops on Trivial Pursuit. Uh, well, you know, Trivial Pursuit, the original genus edition, also does uh, say that uh, Godzilla is a T-Rex. Godzilla is, of course, not a T-Rex. I don't think the uh, I don't think the actual uh, genetics, I don't think the species of Godzilla was ever revealed, but he's certainly not a T-Rex. Also this, and I have this card taped up. Uh, in my home office on my desk. My wife can tell you that I stare at this card sometimes and it makes me angry all over again. In the Trivial Pursuit uh, Pop Culture Edition, uh, in the miniseries V, which aired on NBC in the 80s, uh, the Trivial Pursuit card says, what does V... Okay, let's finish it myself. The Trivial Pursuit card says, what does V stand for in the original miniseries V? And the Trivial Pursuit card claims that it stands for visitors, and it doesn't. It stands for victory. The old man at the end of the episode, at the end of the miniseries, sees a kid defacing one of the alien posters, just scribbling on it, and the old man says, no, 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 like this, and he grabs the spray paint, and he paints a big red V on it, and he says, for victory, you understand? Tell your friends. Stands for victory, not visitors, bunch of bastards. And I wrote to uh, Milton Bradley about it, and they never replied. (laughs) The end. I am a loser. Let's take a break. We'll be back after this. It's the Rick Emerson radio program, a place where everyone else feels to come relatively good about their own life. Back after this. How big is a miniature corn dog? It's like that big. So it how many really constitutes good. a meal? Um, I think it's like 15 or 16 in there. Mm, that sounds really good, it's actually. Really, really good, and they're not bad for you. Excellent. Uh, oh, damn. Okay, well, we got to move. Let's see. Uh, hi. Wait, hold on a second. Richie, could you come to the studio for a second? Yeah, Richie just showed me this thing that he can do that you will love. Sounds really perverse. Yeah, that does sound weird. 
Hi, Richie. Hello. Richie Bristol joining us. Now, first of all, this person on line one, did they pocket dial us? I think so, because it's just like... Hold on, let's listen. Hello? Hello? Hi? Yeah, this is totally a pocket dial. This person doesn't know they're on the air. It's been there a while, too. Like, I heard talking earlier, but... What is it that you can do that will impress me? Uh, your song. What song? Do it, Richie. Okay. You know your popcorn song? Yeah. I could do it two different ways. But... Okay. Okay. Okay, that's freaking me out. <laughs> and then I can do it. Okay, that's really bizarre that you can do that. How did you discover oh, wait, that? Hello, hi? Hey. No, he's talking to somebody else. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, how you doing? What's up? Uh, I can do the uh, Looney Tunes bonk on the head noise. Okay, please to do it. Ready? Yep. Aye, 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 aye. <laughs> That's excellent. Well done, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, uh, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hi. How you doing? What's up? Talking about that song, you had, that sound you had earlier. Wasn't that the great gazoo popping in? Well, well, well spotted, sir. That was that sound that I don't have in front of me. That sound was, in fact, the great gazoo. Well observed. That's, that's odd. Yeah. That's, that's odd. Thanks. Great show. Thank you, sir. All right. Bye-bye. And uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, Rick. I always thought that that V stood for victory, too. Yes. No, it does. It does stand for victory, despite what Trivial Pursuit would have you believe. It does not stand yeah. for visitors. Yeah, no, because I was at a, a trivia show, and that question came up, and I was like, it stood for victory. Yeah. But the funny thing about it was was when you asked that today, I was with my sister in a car, in her car, and I said, victory, just out of nowhere, and she gave me that that look like, oh, God, you're a geek. Yeah, no, it's true. Well, we have to stick together, my friend. Well, of course, of course. All right. And, yeah, I think that is a violin, the, the whisper thing. Uh, I think see, that was a violin. Now I, have to have it, now I have to have it figured out. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. You spread the word. Do we have one more? Is that still the pocket dialer? Yeah. This email, we'll just have this on in the background. Rick, this email says, no, I'm sorry, it's too distracting. I'll leave him there. I'll come back to him in a second. Rick, about your comments about realizing you have wasted your life. Look at it this way. At least you guys are making money by doing this. We, your listeners, are simultaneously acknowledged that we have also wasted our lives, and on top of that, making no money. There's lots of people out there next to their radios eating a Smith & Wesson right now. Just thought I'd leave you with that thought. Thank you. All right, and um, we'll just have this pocket dialer take us to the end of the show. I wonder who this is. Is it a baby? Maybe. Maybe a baby. I had a a, a baby accidentally call uh, my house a long time ago, years ago. I picked up my phone. It was a baby who clearly just hit some combination of numbers. But then you started thinking about it could be somebody in another country, for all you know. I mean, if the baby's going to just hit a random series of numbers, they could be in China. That's true. It could be one of our friends in Australia, or perhaps. Where was our biggest international? Uh, Japan? Uh, Kuwait. We're big in Kuwait. All right. Someone talking to their child. All right. Uh, thank you, sir. All right. We want to thank Cena Radio Correspondents James Roop, uh, Dick Uliano, Dick Uliano, and uh, uh, Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, tomorrow, Mr. Skin. Uh, Thursday, the National Enquirer. Friday, uh, Scott Daly. So it's a big week coming up. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the Harry X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones. Richie Bristol. The gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. Uh, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Reynolds. And, of course, upstairs and imagery is Bridget. Uh, like us next. Donna Mike at 7. See you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Don't let the message turn it down. Watch out for snakes. Bye now.